3: this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every
1: day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Alright, this is
4: Kenny Omega is the One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good
5: night. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2019 edition of the One Nation Radio Award show. Uh, This has been a long time coming and just want to make sure it's recording. It is recording, Rich. We are good. We are good to go. I almost thought that I pulled a uh, (laughs) a major fuck up, but we are still here. We are still alive. We are still kicking. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the awards that we previewed sometime in December we already did the work on that. So what we're going to do is just get straight to the awards. Uh, we're going to talk about them shortly and then we're going to move on. At the end of this, we're going to transition to our 10 favorite matches from last year, uh, all around the world, any promotion, whatever else. And then we'll also throw to, to our contributors from these, uh, 2019 preview or review shows that we did from the implications from Jeremy to Floyd to, uh, Dylan Fox and Josh and everything else. And then, uh, Just hopefully, you know, if you enjoyed our show, you enjoyed uh, the stuff we talked about in review, then, you know, just listen to the recommendation and listen to us gush about some of the best wrestling matches in the world in 2019. And if there's something that you may have missed or whatever else or something you want to go back and watch, check it out and kick your feet up and enjoy some of the great wrestling around the world. Sounds good?
3: Yeah, man. And I... I, I kind of like how it worked out this year, since you know January is so loaded with everything wrestling. We just like kicked it until there was a week where we were like, "All right, we can plug this in now." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. um, so yeah, yeah, I don't think it's you know too far past expiration date. So, um, look, without
5: further ado, look, we can get our words up before uh, Observer gets to so it's it's fine, it's fine, correct, it's correct. Fine. Look, most think about it, the Grammys, the Oscars, they always do their award show in February, January type time. It's okay for us to now become the yeah, <laughs> you know. the Oscars, the Grammys. We have graduated.
3: Yes. You know. We we have ascended to a higher level. Yes. You know. Like iconic like like
5: like figures over here on O and R, yes. you know. Like you know Rich, you're a Lakers fan. You you know very well about this about all you know, depending on the team, they have their own specific road trips they have to go on. Like Lakers have that Grammys road trip they often have to go on. Like when are we gonna be Spurs able to run got out to the Rubio right then uh the bulls at the circus right so when yeah. are we going to be able to rent out to amway in orlando and we can have our they can have to go on their one nation radio uh road trip that that's the plan we're yeah, we gonna have to figure that out yeah you know we got to figure that out yeah you know? <laughs> but so. but, in, but in the meantime uh where do you want to start with this rich you want to start from the top let's go right from the 10 up
3: i always kind of organize it to where it's you know it it's not like we start with a really important word and then get to one we don't care about. I try to like go back and forth how I structured these years ago, go in the same order if we can. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to stop at the 10 op, the Shawn Michaels in ring performer of the year award. So, um, we had a lot of nominees. We had, um, uh, we had Adam Cole, we had Johnny Gargano, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Tomero Ishii. Uh, Kazushko Kata, Roderick Strong, Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, Jungle Kiona, Momo, Watanabe, and Kagetsu. So let's get right into our top three with 33 points coming in third place. My dog, Tomohiro Ishii. Happy about that. Uh, my dog Ishii getting love out here on, on you boys. Um, in second place, uh, we got with 36 points, Adam Cole with a uh, th- uh, great year in NXT coming in second here but number one with 94 points dominating the competition in this category will osprey with 94 points what a year by will
5: yeah i think at one point probably like after Bessa's super juniors i was like you know shingo him they could possibly end up in g1 and for for osprey and really for Shingo's, well like these can both turn out to be just special years for them. And you know, then it got to the point where it got so crazy with Osprey that I started like looking up, it was like, what does this compare to to like, you know, Kenny Omega twenty eighteen, Okada twenty eighteen, um Kenny in, in Okada's uh two thousand seventeen, and then it got to the point where it was like where this is headed, like this might go beyond. And I remember you were originally kind of hesitant to that and I was like, Look, man, this dude's killing himself. If he wants to have that kind of year, let him have that kind of year. And sure enough, I don't know how he's not dead. I don't know how he's not gonna be in a wheelchair years from in a couple years from now, but he was incredible this year.
3: Yeah, just just absolutely breakneck work, literally <laughs> with from yeah. Osprey, uh, almost and um, you know, every single big tournament. He had the most unique opportunity to wrestle in the junior heavyweight division and the heavyweight division, which you know that's like a you get all the opponents that way. So right. you can't you can't really like Super J Cup you know, as well.
5: They didn't they just yep. they, like they hey, let's make a tournament to make sure that Will has this all time here. <laughs>
3: Uh, Cole and, and Ishii uh, weren't separated by much. Uh, other, you know, people you know to look for Okada and Omega had uh, twenty nine and twenty six points each. Uh, Johnny Gargano twenty five. Uh, everything else, everyone else, other than that, is pretty much just eating up, you know, eating yeah. up points.
5: Yeah, like elsewhere. It's, it's- we're gonna to get to it. Talk about it later about save, it. but the Gargano thing is just amazing to me. It's just really amazing. He got twenty five points on, and he did. He had so little. He did so little wrestling compared to his contemporaries. Like that's how great his matches were when he had the time to actually wrestle before. Besides being like on the sideline. Um,
3: so, Will Ospreay, congratulations! You are the yes. Shawn Michaels in ring
5: performer of the year. Incredible uh, year. How how many years straight is this for New Japan wrestlers? Um, I'm not sure. We have to, we'll, sure. go, we'll have to look into We'll it. have, we'll have get to go through next it. Week. Yeah. We'll get back to you yep. next week.
3: Um, So we've got the NXT uh, or WWE NXT Women's Wrestler of the Year next. Uh, our nominees are Oscar, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Shayna Baszler. And we've got our first tie for second and third. I I don't know how you feel about this, James. If we have a tie, uh, I'll just default to whoever had the most first place votes. Um. Uh, so yeah, that's fine with me. In third third place, Rhea Ripley with fifty four points. In second place, also with fifty four points, but thirty six first place votes. Um, we've got Becky Lynch, and number one, the Queen of the Sky, with seventy six
5: points. Io Shirai. Yeah, it's um. It's been a quite it's been quite a year for EO. She had one of the greatest in ring performers of uh one of the greatest in ring years from any woman in WWE history. It's at worst number four. You have Charlotte's two thousand eighteen, you have um Sasha's two thousand fifteen and sixteen, and you have this year, just incredible work. Um and they spotlighted her in a way to 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 let you know that like this woman can do anything and like you've only to be honest from what I've seen of her for those that haven't seen her any of her stuff in stardom or any of her showcase matches or whatever else like this is only like scraping the surface there's a level beyond this there may be two levels beyond this or, or not maybe there are I've seen it but yeah just an incredible year can't wait to see what they do with her in the future um, you know she got the injury bug just recently hopefully she gets over that it seems like it's not a major thing but like I can't wait to see her in the ring every time she comes out and kicks someone's yeah. ass it's awesome
3: like one, one of the things about Io Shirai this year, we all saw the great matches and everything like that, but one of my favorite Io Shirai moments was a moment that not that many people saw. It was like when she was at an NXT house show, uh, uh, and she was wrestling against someone that – she was wrestling against Reina Gonzalez, mm. right? Okay. And Io Shirai. And on, they were the second to last match, and then the main event was Lee and Dijakovic, okay. or whatever, right? Io oh. Shirai <laughs> blew them so far out the water, like showing up and busting your ass on a house show when there's, you know, and especially and then when Lee and Dijakovic came out there and mailed that shit in the way they did. Um, <laughs> You just see that noticeable difference in, you know, the quality of, of opponent. She was such a great worker in that match. It was, uh, you know, this is truly her award. It, this wasn't even really close. She had, uh, um, you know, when it comes to the first place points, she had
5: 57 first place points here and yeah. I, there's nothing really close. Yeah. Um, and it's, I had my own, um, Yoshirai, uh, House show story. She uh she was in the Jacksonville All Women's House Show. I ended up going to on short notice, super short notice, and she was in the, I think the second match or third match with uh Santana Garrett, and it's a match you've never really seen her have in, in NXT, where like she's just like being super technical and just doing all the great chain wrestling and stuff like stuff I knew she could, she does or whatever else is in the repertoire, but like you really see them kind of highlight you know, more of the high spot stuff that she does. And she was just like, so she's a fucking surgeon is like, this woman can do literally anything like, literally anything like uh, eventually i mean i don't think they're going to have it but eventually like she's going to have some type of like flat out fighting brawling war with someone and like people are going to be shocked that she's that good at it like no that woman when she wants to can be super violent it is it will do anything she don't care uh she's awesome uh she's so so deserving of the award let's just move on because i can go another 10 minutes talking about how awesome is.
3: Yeah, Rhea and Becky, Becky finished with the same, like, kind of exact points. So, yeah. kind of, kind of, kind of deci- funny to see how Becky Lynch kind of has come back to earth, like, critically, at mm-hmm. least this year, uh, um, as compared to her breakout year. And yeah. then this is the year she was, like, on top, uh, a yeah. lot of the year. And then that, I guess that Rhea Ripley thing went over well in the, uh, hearts and minds of, of everyone towards the end of the year.
5: Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't even think from the perspective of how well it's helped her as as making her star rise or whatever else but like it was the right person at the right time for the person they wanted for the right you know champion that people just wanted to fuck out of there and off the belt and like that definitely helped in the way they pushed her, like nobody's gonna be like, nah, this is over pushing and whatever else. They're like, look, man, we need somebody, anybody, and get this belt off of Shannon. Bitch, you get the fuck on. We're tired of this. It's been a, it's been a year and a half or two years, whatever the fuck. So yeah, like. Just, just her saving. You know, gonna, not, you know, not to say like, Shannon had some bad year. If I believe right, she finished what, fourth in this thing?
3: Yeah, she finished fourth. Right.
5: And rightfully so. Like, I, um, but it's just, you know, it was time, it was time for a change and she was at change and people were like, yes, please change us. Um, so yeah. So
3: up next, we have our WWE slash NXT wrestler of the year.
5: Up first, Io
3: Shirai, um, Johnny Gar- Gargano, uh, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, Keith Lee, Ray Mysterio, and Pete Dunn, who just looks like he shouldn't even been on there. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, let's go to our top three. Um, just and Io Shirai just misses the top three in this one here. So, yes. um, with thirty-one points. So in third place with thirty-eight points, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> go ahead. In second place with 69 points and this was a dog fight yeah i thought daniel bryan was gonna run uh, adam cole down uh, 69 points second place daniel bryan but number one with 74
5: points adam cole baby so yeah. he deserved it he, he was awesome this year i mean he had the best feud in the company this year um he had more good matches than anyone else and it, it and I mean, he was awesome. He wrestled through injury throughout the whole like last third of the year. He was great.
3: Yeah, I, I think like if Cole didn't win this and Daniel Bryan like had ran him down, I'd be like, I don't right, know. Right. Because there were like like long portions of the year where like they just for whatever reason they'll just take Daniel Bryan off TV and not let him do nothing or whatever. But uh, they, yeah, this is easily Cole's. I yeah. think um, started talking about the year of like undisputed era the. Uh, fuse Gargano,
5: the matches that you know he got, the takeover, to have. you know the takeover uh, TV matches he was having. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, all it's that. Awesome.
3: It, it, it was pretty much his year. He got a different role and was like, "Oh, I'll you know
5: I'll jump up a level higher here." Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I like to make special note that like Johnny Gargano finished third it was a distant third but he finished third on this thing and he wrestled 15 matches on tv all year that's the level of of quality of match he was having with people when he was in the ring like who, you know we don't know what his injury situation is or whatever else but like that dude had one of those you know you know high quality high super high batting average type of years it just didn't get enough plate appearances
3: yeah and that you just start looking at the rest of the landscape, like he shows up a little bit more. Maybe he's a little higher. Like,
5: no, he probably and, is. He probably is.
3: So, uh, congratulations to Adam Cole for winning the WWE Wrestling of the Year. I would have never, right? <laughs> right.
5: <laughs> like, uh, um, I mean, I will say this had you known that like Ricochet was going to end up on the main roster by, uh, really by february but like he's going to be completely gone from nxt by WrestleMania weekend then he's kind of like all right well like, you see where things open up for him and the same for for uh alistair black you see things open up like it was a perfect confluence of so many injuries and them not yeah. wanting to push riddle or them pushing um, Keith Lee late and then like regardless of whatever happened he stepped up he balled out Congratulations to him. He helped hold up this promotion in this company from an in-ring uh, standpoint, along with him and Roddy Strong or whatever else. Like, I don't know what WWE's like match quality looks like with an undisputed era this year. I really, Look, it are, I It's, it's already
3: blithered. Like the the, the 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 landscape is already barren w- with them. So <laughs> without them, good God. <laughs> uh, so up next, we have our New Japan Wrestler of the Year. Um, so our nominees. One, Will Ospreay, Kazuska Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Jay White, Kota Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Nice Toe. So um before we get to you know our top three, I would just like to make note finishing tied for last. <laughs>
5: Oh, yeah, let's with, do, with it. Combined, let's do with,
3: it. With, with a combined with they combined 12 points between them, each of them taking home six total points. Jay White and Tetsuya Naito just completely stinking out the the building and, you know, and then reflecting in the Tokyo dome, uh, to start 2020. These guys, unbelievable. Thank you voters for, 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 uh, being honest out here. Thank you for, for looking at these dudes and saying, Hey, y'all fucking underachieved y'all, y'all ain't, y'all ain't nowhere near these other fucking guys.
5: I have I mean, look, you base out, you look at what happened between on that last night of B block between, uh, You have Shingo and Goto, and Shingo and Goto go out there, and they just completely, like, outperform what eventually we get later in that night in that main event between Jay White and Naito. And, like, that is very symbolic of the years that both of them had. Like, their top five, top six guys in the company, they don't wrestle like it right now. They just don't. They don't. And you go to the Tokyo Domes, um, back to back nights, and it's a different year, so that's not fair, but like, that's also symbolic of what, of what we, what we've been talking about on this show for the last year, or since Jay White came, or really 2018, with the, with Naito. It's like, unless Naito is trying to, you know, land on his neck a bunch of times, I don't think he can like have the kind of matches that um that he used to be able to have at this point. And Jay White, I hear all this stuff about the talent and this, that, and the third, and if he's a baby face and and the character work and this, that, and the third. That's all fine and good. What's the output? Like we do the same thing we talk about guys on the main roster when it comes to like AJ or Seth or Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns or whoever else. The ta- Randy Orton, the talent that's that that's great. What's the output? Like, I don't care, I don't care what, what he looks like, you know, when he swings a baseball bat. Does he get on base? Yes or no? At this point.
3: <laughs> so. If they get on
5: base, just not compared to the, the other guys. And look, um, there is something to be said about star quality, whatever else, and, and charisma, and Night possesses that in spades. I'm not, but this, you know, One Asia Radio more, really focuses on, like, the in-ring, you know, effect on the wrestling more than the other stuff. Like, the whole thing is like, End of the day, whatever you're selling to promote a match, and end of the day, the payoff is what? The match. So, that's what we're about. Like, we, we, plenty of times we talked about, this is a shitty feud, hopefully they can save it at the end with the match. Because that's the, that's, that is the final thing. Right? That's the epic conclusion. That is the climax of whatever we're watching. That's what us all set up for. So, so without they further ado. If they fuck it up like they do, they do. All right. We're done with the rant. I'm sorry about ranting on J.Y. Naito. Let's move <laughs> on and talk about the actual winners of this shit.
3: Yeah. So, uh, in third place, the the reverse says to you, Naito, Tomohiro Ishii <laughs> <laughs> with 34 points. Shouts out to my dog Ishii. Uh, in second, Kazushka Okada with 60 points, but in first place, you already know what it is. A man with a legendary year for the ages, with 110 points, almost doubling uh, the second second place person, Will Osprey. What can I mean, we say that we haven't already said about yeah.
5: him? I mean, just the, just was the best wrestler in the world last year. Just was, yep. flat out.
3: Yeah. Yep. If you don't think so, get get your head checked. You like know. If,
5: I mean, if it if you don't think he was the best, he had the best wrestling year in the world. That's fine. But clearly this is that's an, that is an opinion thing or whatever else there are too many people that like let it go no i'm just saying like everybody has their own specific taste or whatever else right like but so many people in this thing that that you know or that watch a lot of wrestling and i'm not trying to be a wrestling snob or whatever else but if you watch your fair shake of a lot of stuff from all around the world and and osprey's not one of the first on your list if not number one on your list after this year based off of what they just did in the year. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I'm just, I'm sorry. He was awesome. He was incredible.
3: I told him, let it go. Let, let, (laughs) let the, let the hate go. (laughs) So, um, our next award newcomer of the year, first year in a major promotion. And the more I stare at this, the more I look at it, like, wow, we totally forgot to put Walter on this thing.
5: Does that really count though? (sighs) I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I guess probably we should have said Walter. That probably is a huge omission. So, I mean, but the thing is, like, he was NXT UK. He came. I get. Well, yeah, I guess we we fucked it up. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, we fucked it up. Let's just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't
3: it know if he would have beat. I don't know if he would have beat the winner. So, looking at how this voting played out and and how dominant he was, mm-hmm.
5: I think he would have beat the winner.
3: Like, his not know.
5: Is so, whatever, we'll get to it.
3: Yeah. So, um, first on the list, Angel Garza, Darby Allen, Private Party, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Riho, Joey Janela, Sammy Guevara, and Hikaru Shida. So lots of fresh faces and, you know, someone like Joey Janela pretty much <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Swerve, you know, put in there. So. Um. So yeah, let's just start with third place. Third place, the man that rips off his pants, Angel Garza.
5: Yeah. Um. He's awesome. I don't know why they took the belt off the cruiserweight belt off him this early. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, a, it's a yeah. thing to where like he's gonna win it back. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't yeah. know. He's awesome though. He's awesome. He's great. Um. <laughs> and second place, the AEW
3: Women's Champion Riho, with forty points.
5: Yes. Like, imagine having somebody that, that's that likable and they're always fighting from underneath and they're getting their ass kicked. They take these huge crazy bumps and then at the end they win in the middle with, with whatever move they have to win. What's not to like? What's not to like? Heart of a champion, winner always wins. What's not to like? It's very Miles. simple. Yes. You know, somehow the match always works Super at the end always gets over wherever she goes always one of the most over you know actually like you know attracts you know women and kids or whatever else especially young girls it's almost as if like all the shit we've heard about white meat baby faces not being able to do anything as far as um making people care is bullshit and almost. this is a
3: woman who who hasn't who cut nara promo yeah.
5: like <laughs> right you know gotta have the character yeah. They don't even let, they don't even let her sit down and talk in Japanese, let alone like do a promo in English.
3: <laughs> but number one by far on this thing, uh, with 94 points, Darby Allen, 75 first place points. Uh, this guy, it's almost like you see someone grow from like, it's like you're in the ground floor of like. Yeah like watching like a future legend like it seems like and yeah. um yeah, the like, day he wins the championship is going to be a very happy day for a lot of people but yeah. there there's like a lot of like new people that are around and it was so important that they were able to get him out of that evolved pipeline and this guy had like a different vision for himself and he was he was incredible, and he's going to continue to be one of the major stars of wrestling in the future
5: if he can stay healthy enough to be able to wrestle that's the only thing I'm worried about with him really like we'll see yeah. about the promo thing you don't have to be a great you do would have to be the greatest promo of all time to to stay over and and draw money. We've seen people not be great promos and draw right like the undertaker's one of the perfect examples of someone that wasn't a great promo or at first and became somebody but Besides that point in the spookiness or the quote unquote different character he has, he comes out, he wrestles his ass off, he does death defying stuff. Like, there's a a lot of Hardy, a lot of Jeff Hardy elements in there. Like, and he's super young. Like, I can't, like, aren't you interested to see what, like, him and Gavir are going to do for, like, the next five years, decade? Right, right, like
3: that. Uh, I'm definitely very interested in. I'm definitely very interested in. It looks like, you know, I know you haven't seen Dynamite this week, but it looks like that's going to be the pay per view match uh, Mm. for
5: each of those guys: Sammy G versus Darby. Yes, can't wait. The stipulation must be someone must win. None of this tie shit. Someone must be beaten. Someone must beat someone
3: so um besides other people like doing well in the voting uh private party looks like they finished fourth uh people weren't really here for joey janella too much which is like
5: i don't know man i I think y'all should watch what joey did uh this year so (laughs) Uh, look i think a lot of people were affected by the fact that like a lot of his best matches were on dynamite or not Dynamite, but uh dark i think that could be affecting that
2: hmm.
3: Let's see. And all right. So let's go to our next award here. We've got the Dusty Rhodes Promo Cutter of the Year Award. So um first on the list, Daniel Bryan. Up next, Cody, Chris Jericho, Adam Cole, Bebe, Ray Mysterio, John Moxley, and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So um looking at this this vote here, uh I guess this is a reflection of people really not watching WWE because Rey Mysterio was, was damn near <laughs> Asian and been on this fucker, it looks like. So, um, so, uh, in third place Yeah, was 40 this points, really
5: weird. All right. We can go. there. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yep. Third place with 40 points, Maxwell, Jacob Freeman, MJF. <laughs> Second place with 79 points. Chris Jericho and number one with 96 points, 69 first place points, Cody.
5: Yeah. Um, your thoughts, James, Cody and Jericho, my one and two, I had it flopped. Um, I thought that Chris Jericho all throughout the year, um, and also including the new Japan stuff was fantastic. um, you know, just from having segments to where he has to get over an entire staple of, of, you know, basically people that are next to nobodies. And he did it in one, in one wop from him doing the Festival of Friendship thing again with uh, an AW except with the, <laughs> except with the honorary Bariqua, uh, uh, gift basket, uh, the, the stuff where he had to get over, you know, Jungle Boy or get over, uh, Scorpio Sky. I thought, I thought he did the best job of everybody of the year. I thought that specifically Cody um, was great and was especially great in the lead up to the Jericho feud. But like that, outside of that, it's it's a notable difference in the level of um of of the rest of his work throughout the rest of the year for me. Uh, but like those were one to two for me, so I have no issue with how they finished.
3: So, so I think word of strength. So I also voted for Chris Jericho first, but I'll. I'll... Make the, um, the argument for Cody here. Like, uh, Cody was second on my list. So yeah, Cody was n- officially nicknamed speech man by me <laughs> earlier in the year. So it's like <laughs> someone that's done all these like rallying cry promos right, on right. all the road to stuff. Um, the shooting back with the blood and guts thing. The moment after Vince did it, um, uh, you know, some of the stuff you know, he was doing with Sean Spears in the lead up to that, he's been just an otherworldly force on tapping into emotion the emotional side of wrestling um and you know some that promo where he was like you know where, where he basically was the ellis island promo is just just really fucking great like and i think people really got you know they got swept up in it and and that's why he ended up winning
5: yeah uh yeah i mean it's one or two for me were, were, were those two guys so i have no real issue i just i'm just explaining my rationale for why i went with jericho instead of cody
3: yeah but but yeah but jericho was on some other shit like another career renaissance and yeah uh <laughs> so uh up next AEW wrestler of the year which will it will continue to get more
5: interesting from here um so oh uh one you've thing you've got w- well one thing before we go go back i am surprised that mjf finished um th- third over Daniel Bryan, considering that mjf has like he cuts promos but like what does it really mean or do and what is it really um what does it really go towards so far especially in 2019 like we haven't seen what his, what the fruits of his labor actually bear from his mic work. When it comes to interest in a match yet, we have yet to see that for 2000 uh, uh, until 2020. So like the 19 stuff is kind of weird. It was like, I saw what Daniel Bryan contributes to Kofi mania and it was incredible. So that, that I find that to be kind of odd too. So um, up next, we've got the
3: AEW wrestler of the year. Uh, so first on the list is Cody. We got the Lucha brothers, we got Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the young bucks, Pac, Darby Allen and John Moxley. So in third place with 40 points, John Moxley in second place with 61 points, Chris Jericho in first place with 71 points, your AEW wrestler of the year, Cody.
5: yeah okay whatever
0: <laughs> I long like periods it.
5: of silence here uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's um, nonsense so, like all right. <laughs> man, <Yes>. it's nonsense <laughs> yeah I disagree with this <laughs> and <laughs> it's just <this> nonsense <laughs> whatever man Like, <laughs>
3: I, I disagree with this um, and I'll tell you why so I, I'm pulling up my ballot here I actually didn't have Cody on my ballot. Did I?
5: I don't even know if I did.
3: I would have to check. Um, so my AEW wrestler of the year was Chris Jericho. Seeing as how if this were an overall wrestler of the year, I would vote for Chris Jericho is, is, you know, and when I did my observer ballot, I voted for Chris Jericho as Rick Flair wrestler of the year. So, um, you talk about a guy who was the champion who did all this stuff at the top of the card and, had a career renaissance for me. It's Chris Jericho.
5: Um, you know, and- he's also the guy that's like drawing the viewership too. It's not Cody. <laughs> like That's so weird. <laughs> so weird.
3: Yeah. Um, so I, I had a young buck second. And I had Kenny third, you know, I value the wrestling. Sorry. Yeah. Like, um, so, um, so other other people interesting here, it looks like Kenny Omega finished fourth with 33 points for his just terrible, awful, just down-the-dump shitter year. He um, finished so, where again? Uh,
5: he finished fourth. Okay. So, yeah, so for me, I just looked at my—I found my results. I had Jericho first, Kenny second, and Cody third.
3: Yeah. So congratulations to Cody for winning the AEW Wrestler of the Year. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I might have to check and see if Floyd stuffed the ballot box or, or like, something like this. It, this it, I don't know.
5: It's, it's like, I'm looking at the voting and how it's breaking down between different shows or different uh, categories, and it's like there's an inconsistency. Like, we just, uh, like, if Johnny Argano finishes third for having the best feud. And really having incredible matches out of the fifteen he actually had on TV for WWE. How does how does Cody merit how does Cody merit that for AEW wrestler of the year? You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's just weird. Like some of these mat like like EO won for straight up match output, flat out. She won for straight up match output. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to compare AEW Kenny to AEW Cody? I don't think that's even particularly close. So oh, this is weird. Whatever, Look, man, like, whatever. People felt people fell into Look, man, it. It. Like, it was now funny. Look. This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Look, it if would sound funny f- if it was coming from me. Right. I guess so. But I will say this. If this is how people feel, if this is how people felt by Cody's year so much, then obviously they made their own decision by making sure he can never be the fucking champion ever. Right. This is a clear mistake. Right. If, if, if Cody got people voting out of outside of common sense in in, lash, in rational reasoning <laughs> that clearly he should be the, he should never have lost to where he can never be champion right
3: that's what it seems like
5: okay there we go we we'll, can we'll move on I better see Cody for, yeah. for worst booking so, decision for like him never be, being able to win the title again at the end of this show he better be number one because that shit was stupid at the time and people were like I don't oh, no, no, a, they'll find put. some way to weasel the way out of that I don't want that I don't want to come out of I want consequences mattering but we'll see let's, let's, let's go down and finish the show
3: so, um, we've got our stardom match of the year. So this is the James Boy category. Oh, um, God. so we've got, <laughs> we got our, our nominees. We got Moat Watanabe versus Jungle Kiona, Arisa, Hoshiki versus Tam Nakano, Mayu Itani versus Kagetsu at Pro Wrestling Eve. We have a tag team match with Momo and Yutami versus Jungle and uh, Konami. We got Arissa versus Hazuki. We got Izumi versus Momo. Got Jungle versus Kagetsu and Mayu versus Momo. So, um looking at the top three here. Number three, we have Mayu Batani versus Kagetsu at Pro Wrestling Eve with eighteen points.
5: Hmm.
3: In second place, we have Arisa Hoshiki versus Tam Nakano with twenty nine points. And our number one match, amassing the most number one points uh, for, or first place points, thirty one points. Uh Momo Watsonabe versus Jungle Kiona.
5: Yeah. Um I think that uh, okay, based on the matches that are on the list, um I believe that is the second best wrestled um technically wrestled match or whatever or that has the best work overall in the thing. It was an incredible match, incredible stakes, um all the emotion. Uh hometown jungle loses at the end. Um I voted for that match. Uh I had it second. Um actually one and I had one and two, but it's flopped. But um I there's no disagreement. That match is incredible. Um yeah, so, I'm surprised yeah. that the Kagetsu and um Mayu match ended up third place from um Russell Queenham too. Um and uh full disclosure because of the year cutoff, a match that I think I think the better Kagetsu and Mayu match is their uh, Christmas the Eve match. Year. Right, but it, it missed the cutoff because we you know, we had to put the the thing up. It missed. Like I think that was I I mean, I think that's a four and three quarter star match. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it was an incredible year for stardom and these were most the best and like, you know, it seems like the matches that I thought, you know, were the ones that people, you know, voted for the most. So, I guess I made a good list.
3: (laughs) Yep, yep. So, wrestling and Tam finished in second. That was uh, one that carried a lot of water uh, throughout the year. Yep. Um, So, up next, we've got our AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year. So, Coming through on category here, beginning with Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, Emi Sakura, Britt Baker, and Riho. So, in third place, with 33 points, Chris Statlander. In second place, with 61 points, Hikaru Shida. And number one with 120 points, 105 first-place points, the most dominant, it looks like, um, performance in any single category compared to a competition. Rio with 120 points as your AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year.
5: Yeah. um, As we talked about earlier, like, it was a recipe for success. Likeable person, gets their ass flipped, fights from underneath, always finds a new and different way to win in the middle. Well, it's not to like? And they rode that success and the likability that she the inherent not likability that she has um and I you know I wish they did more with her I wish she was around more and that's probably you know that's probably a testament to like how you know the strength of her likability because <laughs> I wish that she was around more hmm. uh so yeah uh, I think she's clearly deserving for this award I don't and yep. you know I thought you know the way she blew out the competition feels appropriate.
3: Yeah, and there's a lot of dumbasses on, uh, social media being very mean to Riho and her, a lot of her comment sections and, uh, the real Lesnar stuff going around and just, just people, yeah, it's just bad faith assholes. Um, yeah, just, just, just a lot of ridiculous shit, but Rio had an awesome year. A literal unknown, um, coming from even in Japan and just coming over here and everyone just likes her. That's, that's as much as I can say, like, about it. So, um, I'd like to see her next feud get rolling, like, pretty quickly here. So,
5: only what, like, three weeks away? (laughs) Some shit like that?
3: Like, four weeks away. Four weeks. Four weeks? So, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a very, it's a leap day pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, up next, we've got our stardom wrestler of the year. Okay. Let's see, let's see what it is right here. So, um, we've got, uh, first we got Konami, we have B Priestley, we got Hanakamura, Orisa Hoshiki, Kagetsu, Momo Watanabe, Jungle Kiona, Mayu Iwatani. So, <laughs> In third place with 25 points, Jungle Kiona. In second place with 38 points, Mayu Iwatani. And in first place with 40 points, the massive upset, the underdog coming from the bottom had to get talked to even get put on the list. The queen. Bow down to the Queen, James. B. Priestley is your stardom wrestler of the year.
5: Um when we made this list, I, I in my mind immediately because stardom is so strong with um with wrestlers, uh I I made a I immediately came to mind where there, there are ten people for eight slots. Um For me, the tenth person while going through it. You know, up and down, overness promos, wrestling great matches, consistency on, you know, you know tags all that kind of stuff for me, B was the 10th person she wasn't the next, she wasn't the the last person to get snubbed, she was the second last person that was going get, to end up getting snubbed and it was going to be a war between Tam Nakano and Hazuki to be on this list for the A spot and Rich was like well, she was the red belt champion that has to mean something, okay I'll put her on the list, fine whatever the fact that she (laughs) (laughs) the fact that she won this thing is a full and tacit um is a full and tacit admission that y'all are voting for shit that y'all don't fucking know or watch or even, even, <laughs> even, even on in like a, a, a cherry picking level. Like if you were just go in and watch Kurok and Hall shows, I don't know how you come to conclusion that B. Press Priestley had a better year than say Kagetsu, who Kagetsu, uh, you know, her whole December was incredible. Her, like all throughout the year is incredible. Kagetsu, to, to see her not, uh, place is very weird to me to see like, I, it's just really weird. Like clearly, like if I also this was, said
3: Orissa uh, didn't place, but Arissa should have I place do?
5: if if, if <laughs> Arissa has a ten times better ex or um uh case for placing than B does. It's the it's the goofiest it's really
3: this is this produced one of the goofiest results right here, right? Um <clears throat> so Arissa received the second most first place votes and the most third place votes, and not a single second place vote. Right. While the difference between B Priestley and Mayu Iwatani was one second place vote.
5: Yeah. Um, on this thing. Yeah, and like right now, if if we were to say who is the best woman's wrestler based on output since, hell, let's uh, since August, that's me, Mayu Iwatani. Like, she was, she was the best wrestler in the Grand Prix. Uh, she has had almost every single Corican Hall and haul in stardom since, and she's had, actually every single one, she's had a four-star match or better. <laughs> like, so I don't, you know, in the beginning of the year, she had a torn MCL that she was recovering from. So I don't know what the fuck y'all to talk about. I mean, it's just like, if I hand this to somebody that like follows Joshi and they say, all right, these are the lists or whatever. First off, most people would be like, why is B even on this list? Like just like how we came into it, right? And granted, she's she should be like on a list. We have a most improved wrestler list or whatever else. She should definitely be on it from 2018 and 19's transition. But she has improved to be in the middle of the pack in startup. and that's definitely a, a jump up for her. She is a she's someone that vacillates on the line between a good wrestler and a very good wrestler, and. Like she is very consistent, uh, compared to say an Arissa. Like she's a lot more consistent. Like she pops in, in, tags and all that kind of stuff. But no, this, nah, this is foolishness. It's flat out foolishness.
3: This so is bow like, down you know, this to is, the queen. Yeah, You're whatever.
5: a 2019 stardom wrestler of the year. The <laughs> priestly <laughs> nonsense. Hey, Rich, you notice that like we just finished, uh, stardom, uh, matches of the year, right? How many matches were, was being? That out of top to eight matches, very, very barren. Uh, very, I, I, yeah, very. It, be, barren. it will be zero. Like, yeah, zero, so, zero. Yeah, yes. It's just wow, wow. <laughs> okay, guys, unbelievable. <laughs> what a shocking result. Yes, it's almost as if people just Like, it's almost as if like we have a bunch of like uh, Americans and they know of uh, B-Precy through AEW, and that's it. And they said, oh, this is a name I know. I don't know anybody else. Let me just vote on it, even though you didn't have to vote on this. This is the most omitted uh, thing in, uh, right on our uh, answer yes. on our thing, right? And they still fucked it up. Congratulations, guys.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this category was so funny when I was, like, counting it up. Oh my god, I was dying laughing. Um, so, up next... Our Bret Hart Stone Cold Steve Austin feud of the year. So we've got a tie for third place in this one, but I will go through the nominees here. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito, Kazushika Okada versus Sonata, Tam Nakano versus Orissa Hoshiki, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, Jungle Kiona versus Momo Watanabe, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, and Chris Jericho versus Cody. So. We got a tie for third here. So we're going to keep the one with the more first place votes here. So Chris Jericho and Cody, you can get in the fucking bin. (laughs) Our third place, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano with 46 points. Mind you, Jericho and Cody also had 46 points. Second place, we got the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers with 48 points. And number one with 69 points, 45 first place points, pretty dominant there. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston.
5: I mean, it was the best it was the best one in the main roster and it's always one of the all-time best uh pre you know single night or single, you know, shot um presentations in WWE history um and it's all-time pantheonic WrestleMania uh, match. So like i can't i'm not gonna knock it because it was great and all all these things are great but um i you know i i i i think there are other things that i liked more and i guess this comes down to personal opinion but look the kofi and daniel bryan thing by the end of that match did stuff to people that i don't think many other matches did to be honest with you so i you know yeah. i can see why people vote for so i ain't gonna knock it i just disagree
3: yeah, my my first place was uh, Cole versus Gargano, then uh Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, and my third place was Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston.
5: Yeah, let me see what mine was. Um Alright, I'm getting to it. So Oh, I skipped past. Oh yeah, mine was I had see I had Kofi and, and and um Daniel Bryan second. And then I had uh yeah, and I had the Cole Gargano one and then I ended up having Young Bucks and Lucha Bros third. So I, 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 mean, I even had a second. That's how much, that's how highly I thought of it. So I'm not knocking it. I just disagree.
3: Yeah. All right. So congratulations to Daniel Bryan and Kobe Kingston. So our next award here, a little bit change of pace, uh, more on the fun side here. We have the Macho Man Randy Savage best dress Rent slash ring gear award. James, is it time to rename the award? Um, let's see. So let's, let's see. go through our nominees. We start with Sasha Banks. Mayu Iwatani, Kagetsu, Will Osprey, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Cody, Johnny Gargano, and Hikaru Shida. So, in third place, with 43 points, the American Nightmare, Cody. Always looks expensive when he comes out. In second place, with 51 points, a shock, I might add, here. Uh, I did not expect this at all. You know, the 22 year old <laughs> ace, you know, showing up. My dog, Hiroshi Tanahashi with 51 points here. But number one, the Michael Jordan of the microphone, the, the, you know, just the best dress consistently getting the award that she should have gotten last year when, when y'all tried to, when Velveteen y'all robbed Dream. her when, with, with Velveteen Dream and all that cosplay shit. The boss, Sasha Banks with 79 points, 60. First place points here.
5: Yeah, imagine to have someone dressed like a star like that, and have someone that wrestles like that, and then you don't want to use them.
3: Just incredible, ain't it? Oh boy, every yeah, color. Or- the, the the debut of Crip Sasha this year, and all the different <laughs> like all the stars, the um like when when her and Bailey busted out their like Young Bucks style, like Golden State Warrior
5: yeah. style gear around WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble gear that she had, with, like yes. the, the tiger prints or not tiger print, but like you know, so good. Just, yeah, she's yeah, always so always good. dressed like a star. Always.
3: Every 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 like Sasha Banks, uh, you know, gear
5: you can find in 2019 was all time yeah. great. And you know what, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, and I think we probably shortchanged her on this. And, but next year, I think it's going to be rectified. I can't wait till Bianca Belair is on this list next year for, ne- for next year's edition because, um, yeah, she brings it. Um, and like the fact that she makes her own stuff is like also like just added things like, yo, know, she's so talented. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like I know they remember like the hill like like Sasha was like a hill for you to die on at certain points. It's uh, the fact that they fucked up her career, but like, yeah, I think Bianca's gonna be mine. <laughs> <laughs> like I just can't believe that. Like I'm already like thinking about how they're gonna fuck her up, and I'm already like, like this is unfair that I'm yep, acting like they, this. They, but they I have so already, much history yeah. to suggest that that's gonna happen. And Plus, and, and I'm already, already started right being unfair unfair to Bianca. Yeah, Lacey already. Evans. Lacey Evans, Jesus Christ. What are you doing on Ross, Rosper, not her? What? 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 Yeah. All right, let, let, yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Anyway, congratulations, Sasha. Well deserved. I don't know how many years she's won this or if this is her first time, but this is like some Susan Lucy shit. She should have been won this shit. Yeah, she should have won it. If yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not her first
3: one. All right. Uh, yeah. So the boss I, and I look forward to, to writing you in for next year. So <laughs> for this year, 2020. Um, up next. The put them in a coffin award. So this one here, boy, this was a knife fight between people that were unarmed. Um, <laughs> this, this was between the top two on this one. So without further ado, let's get to it. Baron Corbin, Bully Ray, the forgotten sons, the nightmare collective, Killian Dane, the iconics, Yoshihashi, and Marina Shafir, and Jessamine Duke. Good God. <laughs> what a record. They can throw all of them away, and, and we'll never notice, right? But let's get to it. So uh, tied for third, uh, and it looks like uh, the Forgotten Sons actually had less first-place votes. It's crazy because the Nightmare Collective here is going to get that third-place spot, but they had the second-most first-place votes here. So uh, in third place, the Nightmare collected with 41 points. Forgotten Sons also 41, but they drop uh, out of that with less first-place votes. Second place, uh, so this was crazy. It was like uh, 30 second-place votes for Bully Ray. (laughs) Absolute domination of the second-place vote here, bringing him within two points of the winner. Uh, so Bully Ray finishes with 65 points, but the winner, your standard bearer for ineptitude, your just the ace of inadequacy, Baron Corbin with 67 points, 45 first place votes. They put him on top as a main eventer. They gave him an, another new gimmick. They let him retire Kurt Angle, and he never somehow has enough heat. It's never
5: enough, James. Yeah. Um, so is this back to back for him? It's got to be for put him in a coffin. It's got to be. Yeah. So, I guess congratulations on that. It's like he went through the coffin that we put him in last
3: year and fell into another one this year. Like he's just just like Inception. He's Not just the, falling to a lower the, level. The like cra- <laughs> the
5: crazy part is like the the ward is like based on someone that needs to like go away or start over. And like he got a new gimmick with the King Corbin shit and like this one was also like the worst in professional wrestling apparently. <laughs> like the King, like he's about to become like the new Kane.
3: It's horrible, bro. Or like Kane to always just, had, like, had, like the worst feud every of the year. year. <sighs> oh my god.
5: It's just awful. Congratulations like, on that. Like Vince McMahon like loves having him some terrible shit for Big Men to do. Congratulations.
3: Awful, man. Um and Bully Ray, not it always don't even get covered on this show. People just knew what it was. <laughs> uh, putting him on there, and he, he almost stole this shit and won. Yeah, so, came out
5: the back door with it. Yeah,
3: unbelievable. Like just, just,
5: just no. You sorry, you yeah. know. Go be a fan, Bully Ray. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's real special what like Nightmare Collective did for them to like only exist since like September. Like so, they did what they got a third place vote after like only three months of a year. That's how, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call that, this was. So, congratulations on that, too, guys.
3: Yeah, 27 points in the first place votes. That's
5: quite a lot. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, But, as I said, Bully Ray dominated those second place votes and got him the fuck out of (laughs) there. Yeah. So, uh, it almost seems like if you were voting for Baron Corbin number one, Bully Ray was number two for you. Like seems no like, question. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, up next, our most disappointing award, general disappointment, you know, bad booking, uh, just, you know, something that's just like a long kind of a failure or whatever. Um, so up first, we've got our hell in a cell pay per view. My God. Just. All time trash on a pay-per-view. <laughs> Seth Rollins, face of WWE. That right there. Boy boy. The Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte feud for WrestleMania 35. I I think that yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um the R08 side of the G one Supercard. Just trash. The WWE main <laughs> roster great match output. AJ Styles is the U.S. champion, which I'm going to lose my mind on in just a minute, James. The AEW women's division and Kofi Kingston's WWE title reign. Before we get to anything, AJ Styles managed to only get four points on this for that U.S. title reign that he just gave us, right? And they were yeah. third place votes. Yeah. He escaped. Because that shit was horrible. This shit was way worse than um, you know. It, it looks like in the voting, this was him blowing bit match after match, uh, just horrible output layouts, burying Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Humberto Carrillo, not producing anything above three stars with them. Just an all-time buffoon of a title reign. Just, just, just awful. Washed. Get him the fuck out of here. Don't want to see him. Go to hell. But we've got a lot. Yeah, I just
5: think that, like, there's so many other things that are so much more pressing and, like, disturbing and, like, upsetting for a wrestling fan than some mid-card title on Raw. Like I just I'm sorry, like you, like the, the AEW women's division is so much more of a thing that should be bothering people than than AJ Styles having a bad title reign. I, I'm sorry, like the whatever, like um and like compared to the Kofi title reign, like they're kind of the same except Kofi is the, the US fucking or the the world champion on a brand, and it was like the same shit, or actually the Kofi shit was worse. But whatever,
3: it's crazy because uh, I feel like if we would have gave Kofi aj's opponents and we gave aj Kobe's opponents that's how i should have went
5: but you know look so i i, I can't i can't control vincent man saying hey do nothing with ricochet like i, I mean i and I, that's not the point but like yes i get what you're saying but like there was so much other shit that was like on priority and priorities or whatever sake is like that's it was so long on the car, it, it, and I think that's me. the reason why he escaped. Like if if this was the the AJ Styles Universal Title Ring, then I think he does get the votes that Kofi gets, or maybe more. Yeah. So I um, think I think it comes down as flat out to priority. Becky,
3: Charlotte, and Ronda also didn't get as much on here. This was my number one. They did I not. Think that was
5: my number one too. This did not get like, like what y'all thought nothing was wrong with this. Like, I think it's people, you know, time pass and people are like, you know, you know, time passed. Like people had time to get over whatever they were furious about or whatever else. Um, All right. So let's go third place here. No, actually, Before I had, I take that back. My number one was WWE great match, out, great match output. That's number one and like because that was like the holy encompassing the whole entire company and the number two was uh, for me was Becky and Rhonda and Charlotte but yeah whatever so um
3: third place with 42 points the RO8 side of the G1 supercard. <laughs> my god it's <laughs> all time horrible bad booking wrestle crap any word you want to describe it from
5: the women's title match to the world title match just yeah. just all of them in between like, yeah like New Japan goes out there and they put on, on their side of the thing like a, you know, something, you know, their top whatever matches like match, you know, probably like the, a Dominion or or whatever else. And then the Ring of Honor side is just, just like there's absolute zero professional wrestling. And it's like, these are two totally different companies doing two totally different things, but they're both doing the same thing with professional wrestling. What the fuck is going on? And <laughs> yeah, like... So glaring like i don't know how gato like doesn't watch what they're all doing and then like on Mansquare garden and be like why the fuck do we have a relationship with these people for what why <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i mean what, then, what, what do we have will osprey versus jeff cobb in the dragonly bandito in um was it not taiji jimori was it yeah. Titish more right. three way. Like, those not say only thing that involve anybody in Ring of Honor that was like worth it that was good or worth a damn in Ring Look, And them uh, dudes had been signed like three months before that. So
3: it wasn't like they had no long time Ring of Honor. Right. Cobb had been working in New Japan for
5: years right. but at that point and Bandito was like fresh off the Indies. So it's like right. And then like 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 I explained, like they got my Iwatani with the torn MCL or whatever wrestling with, with Kelly Klein and they and she can't get a, a three-star match out of this woman. And then like, as soon as she comes back to Japan, she becomes the best women's world. Like it's, or since August, like it's fucking hilarious. It's like, once we get away from you, I just take the fuck off. It's so funny.
3: So number two with 46 points, 31st place points, the hell in a cell pay-per-view which if you want to relive us absolutely brutalizing and burying a company for a show, check out the archives on that one. This show is trash. This main event was worse than trash. This was an insult to the human eye. This was just like WWE and Vince McMahon literally should have just mooned the screen instead for 20 minutes rather than showing us that main event
5: it was almost like the bizarro version of like the perfect pay-per-view to where like the first 40 minutes were great, bizarro version like the first 40 minutes were great and then like the next preceding you know, 3 hours or 3 hours and 20 minutes, whatever it was, was like it got progressively worse and worse and worse and then it finished with like an all-time bad match and it's like in the bizarro world, opposite world like, you know, like it, opposite world that's one of the greatest reviews ever it's like oh yeah it started out slow in the first 40 minutes and like it was a bunch of great action and then it ended one of the greatest matches ever like the super thumbs up pay-per-view, pay-per-view of the year this was the opposite of it It was like <laughs> the reverse is, dominion yes. 2018 like <laughs> Ooh, good point good point yeah good point yeah wild really wild man unbelievable I <laughs> But number
3: one, the most disappointing, with sixty points, 36 first place points, Seth Rollins, face of WWE. It went bad for him in the ring. It went bad for him out of the ring. It went it would, bad. It went,
5: for, it went worse for him outside of the ring. Yes, I had to like, pull that how line do you, out. How do you get how do you get engaged at Becky Lynch? In 2019 is like also like the is also like the worst year for you outside of the ring. How does that make sense? What,
3: bro? Just when you talk about someone inserting their foot in their mouth, f- flopping as a as a top star, a draw, a main eventer, a champion, all that in one. One of the worst. Top champions ever. Rich. People can bring up Shawn Michaels in the nineties if they want. I'll take Shawn Michaels in the nineties any fucking day over over um uh Seth Rollins, who's yeah. never had a history of, of drawing a number anywhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know,
5: like even if Sean wasn't necessarily the uh, top draw the way that like the traditional standard of what champions were in that time. He was going out there and having fucking banger after banger on pay per view. <laughs> yes. What Seth had that AJ match and what the fuck else? Right? Like it was it was really bad. Um what I will say is um I I I I just don't I just don't understand how this happened. Like this went from somebody that seemed to have been like everything this company could have wanted from a alright like he's somebody that we want, but he's also somebody that wrestles the way that y'all want. And they still managed to fuck this up. And a lot of that is because of his own doing. A lot of that is also because of, uh, what they did with him, you know, as a champion after WrestleMania 35. Now let's get to it. Let's get to the real part where that uh, they basically where this is like unavoidable. You can't even like just, you know, say, Oh, you know, some, you had some bad luck. Hell on the cell. So, And a few with The Fiend. So, yesterday, a few of us in uh, Social Mix Thread were having a conversation about um, Dakota Kai and whether or not and what her talents merit um, in the hierarchy of the the NXT women's division. Um, And a lot of people felt like they got screwed out of a story that Triple H was never telling, but they were convinced that he was telling with um they were going to maya iwatani slash bailey dakota kai after she came up and got her ass whooped left and right and was scared to death of Shayna baszler and my response was she was scared of Shayna baszler you can't get behind someone that is a coward that is scared of the competition no one's putting uncle auntie sarah del rey and uncle hunter are not putting a gun to dakota kai's head and said you must wrestle this woman or you're It's either she's going to kill you or we're going to kill you. That was not what happened. This coward got in the ring and got her ass whooped. Why would I get behind somebody like that to reach the top? She's a fucking coward. Now, now let's move on from there. Transition to the the Seth Rollins thing. Seth Rollins was the champion of the universe, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) The the one that's fighting and leading us, James. He beat the fucking 260 pounds shoot fighter that does fake shoot stuff on the guys and make people like plates of pisses all the time. And he beat him, uh, you know, in two minutes at WrestleMania, he beat him in 15 minutes at SummerSlam and while fighting from underneath or whatever else, this man then fights a motherfucker. He's fought before because you know, he put mask. On a mask and was in the corner crying, scared, for his life. That was the nail in the coffin and the cherry on the Sunday for the for how bad his run was and how he was basically toast at this iteration as a babyface. Maybe they can salvage it and try again at some other time. No. But they were... No, 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 no. Maybe they can. I'm not, I'm not saying nothing's, nothing is, is just completely dead with, but for that moment in particular, from that moment, you knew it was dead, they fucked that match, and they had to transition to something else, and they transitioned to turn him heel because there was nothing else to do with him at that point in time. So, there you go. You, you cannot Push somebody or keep somebody at to the top when you, once you make them a flat out and out coward where they're scared of competition, you're scared of getting beat up in a fake fight against somebody they fought before. Fuck out of here. I'm done. That's the yeah. end of rant for me. I,
3: I, that's, it's funny. You know, WWE likes to pretend how big and small the, um, internet is or Twitter at a given time. Right. Twitter ain't have nothing to do with, um, y'all making that man into a hoe, uh, right. r- scared in the corner on Bray Wyatt. We didn't do that. That was you, buddy, <laughs> and, and, and going along with that and not standing up for yourself. Like you said, John Moxley should have stood up for himself if he didn't like the way he was booked. So, uh, Seven Rollins, take your most disappointing award. um You know, take it with you. Do whatever you do with it, you know. uh, But you earned it this year, so.
5: Kobe, don't do this. You're going to kill this fucking guy? Don't do this, Kobe. This isn't you. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, man. Horrible. They, they, they may as well have old Yeller, uh, Seth. They, like, what? what? Why even
3: show up? Why try? What? So. He
5: should he should have let, speak, we're about to get to it. We're about to talk about, uh, the Jeff Jarrett finesse of the year award. But, like, he should have took a page out of Jeff Jarrett. He should have just laid the fuck down. <laughs> yes. He should have just laid down. It would have went us over a lot better than what happened in that hell of a cell match for him. It really would have.
3: Unbelievable. So up next, one of my favorite awards, the Jeff Jarrett finesser of the year award. We did go over Jeff Jarrett's phenomenal 2019, <laughs> uh, his, the way he finessed himself back into the national scene, um, uh, in wrestling. Keep getting them checks, Jeff. Um, so Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, the elite, Rossi Ogawa and the Saudi Arabian government for not getting paid or not paying Vince and Vince still doing those shows. <laughs> so in four in third place with 44 points, the elite for getting a billionaire to start a company around them and then flipping that into a TV deal now. So <laughs> all time finessing, uh, literally getting a promotion created for you. If that ain't a great faction, then what do you call that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the birthing companies, not killing companies, you know. <laughs> um, then, uh, with 46 points, Brock Lesnar, just his normal Brock Lesnar self. The promoter's a mark for you. You get to be different.
5: The promoter's such a mark for you that, like, his, you know, one of his homeboys, one of his, one of his folks is like now running the brand, is now running one of the brands. And then he decides, Hey, you know what? Cable or broad, or, or, or national broadcast live TV. Nah, I'm, t- I'm going to have my homeboy show. I'm going to my homeboy show. And it's like, okay, whatever you want to do. Yep.
3: <laughs> Brock Lesnar. I believe Jim Valley might have said this. Brock Lesnar has never been a baby face. He has <laughs> never cut promos. <laughs> He's never done none of this shit that everybody wants these top stars to do. Never once.
5: Yeah. All the shit that they say you have to do in order to be some top drawing person or whatever else. Brock don't do none of that. Look, cha- look, grow as a character. Nope. Never. <laughs> nope. You've never seen it. Doesn't exist.
3: Somehow, this guy remains on top. This nigga comes out to the same
5: music he had in the 2002, Rich. <laughs> Update for
3: what? <laughs> Look, Paul Heyman has been cutting the
5: same promo for
3: five years, James. Yes. <laughs> Maybe yes. more. Yes.
5: <laughs> At this point, like the Go Home Show, to Royal Rumble, he cut a promo. This is like the third, or, this is like the second or third time I've heard Heyman do this, where he cuts a promo where he acknowledges that he keeps cutting the same promo over and over and over again, and it's like you're doing a you're doing a promo about your promo, like you're you're a fucking caricature. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's gonna be in the main event of the WrestleMania again.
3: <laughs> again.
5: With with a dude that's not even over yet. This <laughs> up the strength,
3: bro. Bro, this man Brock. This is this is more, this is bigger than Hogan in the nineties, damn near. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I think I Hogan in the nineties might 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 have on him is like Hogan in the nineties has had to get a ridiculous pay-per-view cut like built into if you sold this amount of pay per views, anything above that, I get this absurd percentage or whatever.
5: What Besides will, that what I will say is Brock does a lot more than Hogan ever did in the ring. When he's actually in the ring. So I I, I so like I get the parallels, but I'll stop short of that because Brock Brock does a lot more than Hogan ever did. <laughs> WCW having them negative star matches and shit. Boy. Hogan, Hogan, uh, look, Brock ain't never gave us no Hogan and Warrior. That's never happened.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that WrestleMania never gave- 34.
5: Yikes. That ain't no negative star match though. Yikes.
3: Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure I can find some, some awful Brock on that level.
5: I don't think so. I really don't think we we really could, but okay.
3: So, uh, but number one, the Jeff Jarrett finesse of the year, the Saudi Arabian government. This one was kind of a surprise here on this 66 points, 45 first place points. Um, I mean, if you can get Vince to completely, like if you can tell him, you're going to pay him this amount of money. And then they got to bring all the ass all the way over to Saudi Arabia, wherever the hell that is, but it's real far. Um, and then you like, uh, I don't know. I think I'll just send you the check, like when we send it, you know, so, but you coming back again though, right? Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> uh, that, that's finessing. I, I, I wouldn't have thought about it like that, but the mayor voters were, were a little bit more woke than me on this one, but just looking at this category, we talked about it before, but I love this category.
5: I mean, it, Bray it's, Wyatt. it's like, look, y'all showed up. To some shit expecting fifty million dollars from us, and y'all did it just off the strength, like the word. Yeah, like that is you know Trust. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So what Bray Wyatt got to do this year? Not have matches and then become the champion essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, John Moxley completely like. Pull the wool, all time great working, uh, of, <laughs> of misdirection of the motherfucker when, uh, it's exactly what you think the whole time. Like, oh, he's, oh, this man, like, really, like, you know, like he wants to go continue his career, but he's gonna give you no sign of it. Um, Chris Jericho, of course, multiple companies, main eventing on top, being the champion. He, and look, might have undervalued himself. Think
5: about that. Yeah. How long is this deal? Um, Do you know? Three years. Mm. If he had signed that two year deal, <laughs> he, will, he would have finally got that Brock money. <laughs> yeah, he's going
3: to, he's going to have to renegotiate. So, um, yeah, but your man, Rossi Ogawa getting 21 points, James.
5: Yeah. Um, I can't, I think I voted for him probably like a second or third or whatever. So I don't remember, but like, yeah, he, he definitely someone that merits being on this thing because he went out there and said, and got a bunch of, uh, in source or in our uh, resources, uh, put into him. Like they're on pace to like, after they did like 1300, uh, at Corican on, uh, for the anniversary show. Like now they're about to do more, like three weeks later with like, they barely even have, they, they didn't even have a show. They had one show to build to the next card at Corican, and they're about to do more than what they did at the anniversary show. That's wild. Like this thing is about to take off in like, they're about to do that Oda City show in April for the for the Cinderella like I think they're gonna do i think they're gonna do three thousand I think they're everything they're gonna get over for three thousand like that's how well this is all working, and it's all on the strength of we have Bushy Road like just and just giving us resources to promote it, like the shows aren't different really it's just we have no promotion and like it's 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 gonna. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years, but based off the strength of, like, he got lucky because WWE wanted to get NXT Japan popped off. Finessing. Yes.
3: So, our next award, um, the Vince Russo slash McMahon, who booked this shit award. So, okay. um, we've got the WWE Cuck Storylines, the Roman Reigns Murder Mystery, Charlotte's insertion into the WrestleMania main event for historical purposes, hastily thrown together shield reunions, Cedric Alexander being revealed as a janitor, Baron Corbin <laughs> pushed as a main event act again, wait, and Alistair wait, Black wait, wait, hides wait, wait, in the closet wait, 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 for wait, months.
5: Wait, wait, Rich, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> read the, read the, read the Cedric Alexander one again, please.
3: <laughs> Cedric Alexander redebues as a mass janitor.
5: it sounds.
6: <laughs> Yo.
3: C- Cedric had to go home and look at Big Swole like, yeah, this this is my big shot. And then Swole was probably like, baby, no. Oh like <laughs> It's not.
5: It's not. Oh my god. And like, flash forward, right? Like, you know, people, like, were, where so is he? Up- people were so upset when we were like, I think it was Meltzer was like, yeah, they're done with him. They're they're done, and we were like, it they're not done with dumb. them. They're not done with them. And like he's on now, he's out here doing jobs for who's Mojo Raleigh, Riddick Moss, <laughs> yeah, from fucking Riddick Ross of the of the of the, of the, re, of the Riddick regime or whatever or regiment or whatever. else and a dude that don't even make TV on NXT just comes in and he just jobs to him on main event. Not even on the main. Not even on Raw. On the main event, he's done. Bad. He's totally done.
3: Bad. Hope to see an AEW Cedric, but god damn. Um,
5: see, look, yeah, so look, see what happens when you, see what happens when you want to welcome Hogan back. See what happens. Mm, see what happens. Mm, mm.
3: <laughs> so up next, we've got, uh, <laughs> let, let's get to these top three voting. So, um, with 40 points, Baron Corbin pushes a main event act again. With 65 points, Brock Lesnar kills Kofi Kingston. And with 68 points, three point difference here, the WWE cuck storylines. You guys really didn't like those. So yeah, just a, just a category of trash. Just, ugh.
5: Yeah, really bad stuff, man. Like. I, it was so funny explaining to Catherine last night like and, and try to do it in short order to explain like the rusev lana storyline from september that leads to uh that leads the to wedding. the christmas show and she's just like as i'm explaining the christmas show she's like they stopped the, the for the, you know you know you know speak now over your piece four fucking times to get to this thing and she <laughs> can see her like you can see her IRAs and just her disgust levels go up as I explain like you know, all the stuff they do and it's just like <laughs> this is this is just a masterpiece of wrestle crap. It really is.
3: Just trash. Um uh, so congrats to WWE's cuck storylines for winning.
5: Yeah. And little... then like, you know, also yeah. like shout out to like the Canelists. The Canelis I. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Up next, gimmick of the
3: year. Best vehicle to get over. So, uh looks like I did not calculate. Or I calculated I didn't get this. The winner is here. So, I've got. You want me to do it? Yeah. All right. No, oh, I got it. Okay. So, uh, we've got first a little bit of the bubbly from Chris Jericho. Um, Luchasaurus, the wrestling dinosaur. Orange Cassidy being Orange Cassidy. Pharaoh the dog, the fiend, Kofi Mania, <laughs> Angel Guards' his pants, and cowboy shit. Which I think if we held this, this, um vote again today, cowboy shit would be a lot higher because this mm. man's a super, super overact right now. Um, but we'll start with third place with 54 points. Orange Cassidy with 62 points, 45 first place points. Kofi mania, but Depressive. with 70 total points, only 33 first place votes, but also dominated the second vote place votes a little bit of the bubbly from Chris Jericho. And this was on a run of after he loses the AW title belt and uh, gets it back. And then he's drinking the bubbly in the pool. And then he's backstage after winning the championship just a, a convergence of a lot of great things to uh you know go with this all-time year and that's kind of what you know uh it, it was a, it was a really big thing you couldn't yeah. go anywhere without seeing one of the memes
5: yeah um i want to give a special shout out to the fiend to bray wyatt's the fiend because this thing finished fourth but it finished s- tied for second with a little bit of bubbly in in uh, first place votes um just yeah. just you know really wild uh You know, and this is one of the things about how crazy the Bray Wyatt year is. Like, you can make an argument that, like, he had one of, like, the all time, like, most ridiculously, like, critically shitty years. And then you can also make the argument that, like, he's also, while saying that, he's also a a success, too. So it's like, he fits on the spectrum of, like, disappointing or critically bad, but also successful at the same time because it's so creative and, like, no one can, can fix a face and matter how much they hate this thing and say that, like, people aren't into this. There is just gigantically polarizing. So, so shout out to him.
3: It's, it's literally some flat earth shit. Like, there's like, 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 there's only one way or like there's only one true earth or something. Like, like, like Kyrie Irving would, would, would probably have an interesting way to describe this. <laughs> <clears throat> so up next, we've got our WWE NXT match of the year. We've got <clears throat> EOS Rivers, Candice LeRae. Adam Cole vs. Johnny Gargano 2, Walter versus Tyler Bate, Neil Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, Adam Cole vs. Johnny Gargano 1, the Elimination Chamber match, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano, and Walter versus Pete Dunne. So in third place, looks like I might have botched this right here. Yeah, I did. Yep. In third place, we've got Walter versus Tyler Bate. I love it. <laughs> So, um, uh, with 39 points in second place with 46 points, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano two. when Cole wins the title back from Gargano number one, 59 points. You guessed it. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, WWE NXT match of the year. This match had a hold on people.
5: Yeah. Um, I didn't vote for this. I'm not going to knock it. It was a great match. As I talked about earlier, it's all time. Great presentation for WWE main roster work. Um, Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I just disagree. That's all not going to knock it. It was yeah. a great match. Yeah. My first place vote was
3: Cole Gargano two, then Walter and Tyler Bate, then Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah. So, so, um,
5: so I remember what <clears> I was going to <throat> say now, um, before I petered out, but, it's, it's just so striking and so disappointing and disheartening that, like, you look at feud of the year, you look at gimmick of the year, you look at WB match of the year, and all of it was Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston related stuff, you know, feud of the year, all Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston stuff. And they followed it up with bullshit, and then, then they squashed him like he didn't matter, like people didn't care about the dude after they did nothing but but show you along the way for months that they cared, and that's the reason why I did get attached to this thing, um, because mm-hmm. I knew what was going to happen, and you could say that I was I'm a jaded fan or whatever else, but and maybe parts of that is fair, but. I've watched this company. I, I love this company. I've loved this company, whatever you want to call it. I know what was going to, I knew what was going to happen before it happened. And sure enough, is that what they did. They gave him that Roman, or that, that Rey Mysterio lame duck ass, uh, uh, title after WrestleMania and moved the fuck on. And it, it, it's just, it, you know, I don't think I'll, I i do not think I'll ever love this company the way I did three years ago. I don't think that'll ever happen.
3: Shouts out to uh, Io Shirai and Candles Ray getting that fourth place on there with 27 points. But everything Jane said pretty much about Dan Bryan and Kofi Kingston, we were documenting it in real time of what was happening with Kofi Kingston. Then, looking at the way he lost the belt, um, there was just a lot of excellence in that contained period. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, unfortunately, it couldn't really keep up for either of them because Dan O'Brien is not no guy they, they want to ever Tie their flag too, like this is our flagship guy.
5: Ever. Even as a guy, they want to put in the beat. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. So <clears throat> those guys win a
3: main win a match of the year in WWE. Who knew?
5: It had a it had a legitimate hold on people. It resonated yeah. with so many people, and like I saw the people that it, that it affected. Um, and like the most I could do was feel like. Bittersweet about it, to see like the joy in her eyes at the end and the payoff. And at the same time, myself just feel like so de- because I detached myself because I knew where this was going. Like, just to feel like, damn, I wish I felt that way, you know, while watching, you know, at the end of that night or, you know, at the end of that match at, you know, while watching WrestleMania. I wish I felt that way, but I just, my mind just couldn't allow myself to, d- to dig into that because I knew where it was headed. And unfortunately, I was right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so, up next, we got our AEW match of the year. So, we've got Cody versus Dustin, we got Kenny Omega versus Shima, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers from All Out, and the latter match, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, Kenny Omega versus Pac, All Out, Phoenix versus Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela, the Young Bucks versus Private Party, and the Private Party versus the Lucha Brothers. So, um, Let's go right up to our third place winner. We got Kenny Omega versus John Moxley with 42 points.
5: Yeah. Second so, place. The, the, the oh so divisive match that, w- you know, we don't know what to make heads or tails was It's third best match in the year. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not a match that I love. This is not a match that like I've yet to go back to watch it. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to watch it, but it, it, it you know, I thought it was a great match. I just couldn't rate it on the scale of what it actually was because it was so, you know, ridiculous and whatever else and all the stuff that happened. But the people that thought this was some abomination for just on some other shit. Out, out of lunch.
3: <clears throat> I thought this was great. So the second place uh, was 64 points. The Young Bucks versus the Lucia Brothers the latter match. They've done it again, James. <clears throat> so with 77 points, 54 first place votes. Cody versus Dustin from Double or Nothing, uh, the the blood
5: porn match. <laughs> I need my older brother. I mean, it's um, another match that just like speaks to yeah, had a hold on co- people. Yep, had a hold of people, just like the Kofi Mania thing. Um, people really were into like the 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 brother rivalry. Um, it's, it's one another one of those things where like I wish I was on that ride with y'all, but I just emotionally wasn't in on it. I, just, I was like they've been trying to shop this match around for like five fuck or six fucking years. Like I, 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 I just bring the match out. And like, I thought it was a great match, but like the, the, the amount of love this match has means like, and I saw the promos, like I saw the promos were very effective. And I think probably the promo stuff is what was the reason why Cody ended the winning, um, you know, promo card of the year, like this in the Jericho stuff. So, you know, Like, hats off to Cody, and especially hats off to Dustin, who bled buckets in that match. And, um, you know, they finally were able to have the match. Like, you know, people like you, for example, Rich, were, like, rooting for for WrestleMania for years. And, like, you know, this is the validation of that. Yeah. Um, I didn't have
3: it on my list. Like, I had uh, Bucks and Brothers number one. To me, that's, like, just... You don't get much better than that, so that's, that's like an all-time match. I had Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and then I had Private Party and Lucha Brothers. Just, you know, when it comes to RLPW, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe I gave that match five stars on TV, so um, I was I was 100% in on that. Yeah, uh, I think,
5: uh, yeah, Young Bucks, the yeah, ladder match is number one for me. Um, number two, I had Nick and Matt, and then I can't remember what my number three was. Phoenix and Nick Jackson you had yeah that was my number two yep um yeah a lot of a lot of interesting
3: stuff there uh Bucks and private party uh also at 26 points looks like they finished fourth so um let's see up next we've got our New Japan match of the year so
1: um
3: let's go
5: let's let's go (laughs) let's fucking do it let's fucking do it (laughs) (laughs) yes oh man Um, we've
3: got Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. We've got Kazuchika Okada versus Tomohiro Ishii. Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii. Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. Shingo Takagi (laughs) versus Naito. Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi. (laughs) Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii. And Jay White versus Kota Ibushi.
5: Why did it sound like every single match like it's like like Osprey, Osprey, Shingo, Shingo, Okada, Ishi, Okada, Ishii. <laughs> like, God damn. <laughs> yes. So
3: um in third place, uh with twenty-six points, John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G one. So, you know, uh, awesome match there. Yep. Second place with 57 points, Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. And number one... Yes! The Best Bob Machine Rides again! <laughs> 69 points, uh, 54 first place points, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Wrestle Kingdom 13 main event. My match of the year. And, um...
5: Yeah, very happy to see see that there. Yeah, um... I think it's interesting, like, this, another one that's like for whatever reason, like the emotional hold of the bill to these matches are the ones that are like, are the ones that are standing tall, um, in these votes, it seems to me, um, look, and there's something to be said about, there's always something to be said about having your bill lead to, you know, something special, as opposed to just like, you just show up that day, and you get something special. Like it means more. It obviously does. And this is, um, this is what example number three of this, maybe even example number four through these, uh, voting through the voting so far. Yeah,
3: I wonder if it's the case where we feel like we've seen almost every great match we kind of can see, like, fit through physical work. And then, like, if you get that other part of it, it seems like that's what's putting these over the top.
5: Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's something to do that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Shingo versus Naito, a smooth three points. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A great
5: fucking match itself. (laughs) Look, Um, don't do that because Abushi and uh, and Okada from the G One only has eight points. That match was incredible. So let's not do that. mm, Let's let's not just knock Naito Just to knock Naito okay?
3: (laughs) Oh man. So uh Will a little bit was kind of like Kenny in this one, where it's like you have so many matches kind of like cannibalizing. So it's like, all right, which one you gonna vote for? So. Yeah. So, shout out to Kenny Omega and Roster Tanahashi. Well, one thing
5: I will say is interesting. Don't you think it's interesting that like the G1 final only got sixteen? Yeah, it's almost like
3: people like voted and was like, "Yo, this shit might really not have meant shit." So, like, we just gonna like say fuck it.
5: I, I I mean, I get. I just find that weird because like. Obviously, he didn't have the 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 build, the long like the 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 month long build, but like by the end of that night, like I don't that might have been like the most heat or some or you know the most heat in any building that I heard you know throughout that match like all year. Um, so it's interesting to see they only got like sixteen and finished what like tied for fourth or fifth. Like I just find yeah. it interesting. That's all.
3: Yeah, tied for fifth. It looks like. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Days and uh, the Best bow Machine
5: oh my on, on
3: top. As my dog Kenny leaves New Japan, hopefully he can get sometime getting this category again at some point. But, you know, what a way to go out. So... Um, Pay-per-view of the year. Very interesting category here. So let's get to it.
5: I'm looking at the votes right now. This is nonsense. Go
3: ahead. Let's get to it. So we've got, uh, double or nothing. We've got takeover 25. We got all out. We got wrestle kingdom 13, takeover Phoenix, takeover New York, the best of the super junior finals and new Japan dominion. So in third place with 49 points. Wrestle Kingdom 13. Oh, I fucked that up. So, in third place with 36 points, AEW All Out. In second place with 49 points, Wrestle Kingdom 13. And number one with 72 points, 51 first place votes, double or nothing from AEW. Thoughts, sir?
5: It's nonsense. How so? Um, seeing that take that takeover twenty five in New York, uh, were by far the way better shows than either one of those, uh, AEW shows. I mean, that, <laughs> top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, that's how I come to that conclusion that it's nonsense. Uh, you go, you can go match to match on any of them cards. None of them shits none of them shit stack up to uh take over twenty five or take over New York.
3: If you, double or nothing had a feeling in wrestling like nothing else is created for it. Cool. All the it, takeovers it, are typically the same. Okay. Like they're great. So, uh, so what's your explanation like, for great. so
5: if that's the case, what's your explanation for the other one also making it? Like I can I can like double yeah, or nothing, see. I get that. I get I, look, Double nothing, I get in placing. I don't get uh, uh, all-out placing. I don't.
3: Well, you got the shocking Kenny Omega and Pac match on there. Uh-huh. You've got that crazy-ass ladder match. Uh-huh. You got Jericho winning the championship, first champion being crowned.
5: In a, the, what kind of match? There was a, in, a, in a good or great match? In a good match. Okay.
3: Big <laughs> moment, though. <laughs>
5: You, um, you already know where I'm going with this. Like, we have two matches uh, that you just dis- just described dis- that would have that would have uh, deserved and merited being on one of those two takeover cards, or either one of those takeover cards. It's fine. Like, like what you like. But if you if your whole thing is like I really enjoy wrestling or storytelling or whatever else. Like, I get all, I get double or nothing. I don't get, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, double nothing. I don't get all out. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Like, they're all great then, shows, but nah.
3: I, I think TakeOver is, like, suffering from, like, a, we've seen it. You know, as great as it is, like, we've, so we've seen it.
5: Seen, so we never seen Wrestle Kingdoms?
3: I mean, they did something different this year at Wrestle Kingdom, regardless of, like, how we
5: felt about this it. this wasn't this year's Wrestle Kingdom, this was last year's Wrestle Kingdom. This is Russell Correct. Kingdom 13. Correct. What did but they do like, in Russell Kingdom 13 that was so different from the other Wrestle Kingdoms? Well, Russell
3: Kingdom 13 was like a big like thing with Hiroshi Tanahashi and then Kenny Omega's last main event, the exodus of the elite. Um, a huge shock of Jay White and Okada uh, in the dome. Chris Jericho so, and Naito oh, having a very underrated oh, what was the match? shock what
5: was the shock that like the wrong person won in that disappointing ass match for Okada and the standards in the mat in the dome is that, is that the shock that he won
3: that he won in 15 minutes that was the shock That was a not great match that was a, that or was in a, a barely great thing. match okay that was that was a big thing and then Naito and Jericho, one of the most underrated matches of the year, Absolutely. even though it was fucking great. Yes, it was. Um, And yes, then Ishii and and uh, Sabre up and down the show. And a 12-minute like,
5: sprint that I probably gave four and a quarter. But, yeah, it was a great match. I don't disagree.
3: Right. And, you know, the thing is, there's like four or five takeovers a year. There's one Wrestle Kingdom. So I just think they're bleeding over, and then – it's just becoming a match company that, like, this is what we do. This is it. It's really fucking good. But, but, it, it,
5: but they're, my they're just not is, hitting. They're just my, not my hitting with people. Is, my point is, I understand double nothing. I even understand Russ Kingdom. I don't understand all out. I just don't. Like, I just get why you put Russ Kingdom in there. It's the Wrestlemania of, of, of New Japan. It's the best pro wrestling. I get that. I, and it had that huge story, and it drew like crazy. Um, I don't get double or nothing. I'm or not double or nothing, but uh, but uh, all out. I get double nothing. I don't get all out. Oh well, AEW rides. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> have fun, have so, fun! watching those back, back to back, and see which one's better shows between all, both of all four of those whatever. Good luck, Hey, man. With that like
3: Kobe, like Kobe said, we move the game forward over here. So, um, up um, next. We've got the Die Rocky Die Failure of the Year. The Worst Long-Term Direction of the Year. So, boy. Woo, we've got a loaded category here. Um, so, uh, Madison Square, Tavern. Let's start there. Uh, Brock Lesnar takes the SmackDown belt, essentially, to Raw to resume his role as the absentee champion. The brand split, wild card, goofiness that they did. Roman Reigns pinned by Shane McMahon, Eric Rowan, and Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins pushed for months as the number one babyface. NXT goes for months with all heel champions. Cody can never win the AEW championship. Tetsuya Naito misses the G1 final. So, third place. Brock Lesnar takes the SmackDown belt to re- to resume absentee Raw champion role. Second place, Madison Square Taven with 50 points. And number <laughs> one, the Brand Split Goofiness and the Wild Card Rule with 52 points. This is a very close category at the top. And ROH swooping in again. And we don't even cover them, but people just know what it is, what
5: ROH? <laughs> Yeah. So <clears throat> first I I'd like to start by saying like Cody never won the title should have won this. It's fucking stupid. Like we just talked about this. You mean to tell me that the person that w- that is the best promo in uh in the world apparently compared uh, according to our voters, a person that had the best match in the in the company <laughs> uh, according to our voters. The person that had the best or one of the best programs it also is the best wrestler, according to their program. Can no longer be the champion because of a fake stipulation to add one fucking pay per view by, and he's no longer with it. And this isn't on there? That's fucking dumb. I'm sorry. That should, that should have won this shit going away. It, look, you can't tell me one end that Cody is this gigantic fucking star, and on the other end say they're gonna make a stipulation, a dumb stipulation makes no sense to do it, other than to, I guess trick you into thinking Cody's going to win it, even though it didn't add any buys to their uh, buy rate and then say that he can never be the champion now in the future. What have we been building for? What were we, what were we doing all this for? This is stupid.
3: We'll know one day.
5: <laughs> and then everybody's explanation is, or people that I think that I, that I think are smart people that are like, that's is, Well, they'll just find a weasel, a way to weasel themselves out of that. If they find a way to lose it out of that, then like, I didn't want to hear anything about them and them talking about stipulations matter, this and the third. There's no promotion like anyone else. And the reason why people were watching AEW is because they are not like everybody else, which is code for fucking WWE. So once say fuck, so if the, if they go b- back on this, I'm slaughtering them and it'll be rightfully so. It'll be earned and they deserve this. So whatever. I don't know what won this thing. So, Y'all won it. Y'all didn't deserve to win it. It should have been AEW doing this Cody shit. It
3: was nonsense. So- So James is mad that there's a lot more than everybody else on this. So Because um,
5: the whole point is AEW wants to build their stars, right? The whole idea is make stars, right? What do you
3: mean? Yeah, I mean, that should be everybody's goal, but... (laughs) You put a fucking... You
5: just put... With Cody, after that build, after he cut that incredible Ellis Island promo that we just talked about earlier, what they effectively did was said was... We've made you the face of the company. You can know You we have. We are going to immediately put a uh, a glass ceiling above your head, and you can't crack through that fucker, no matter what we do, unless we we just flat out come back around and say that we just lied to our fan base that are only are mostly behind us because we haven't been we haven't lied to them in the way that other people have lied to to them before. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it was a bad precedent to set and very dangerous and stupid and congratulations that you you fucked yourself out of potentially having the next star in wrestling major personal wrestling
3: so what I think with this is like it's some story they're telling to where he's this flawed hero like there's a flaw (laughs) about him like where he's gonna people are gonna have to eventually beat him (laughs) we'll see we'll see
5: fucking goofy
3: we'll see you know, it, it got, it, it helped get him another TV deal. So, oh, you know, boy. we'll see. That didn't like, help get
5: another TV deal. You know, that's cap. What they did between Jericho and Cody before November 9th is what got them their TV deal. It is not what happened after. I, I guarantee you, I can go into the, into the Google, uh, trends and look at Cody's, uh, uh, trend line. I guarantee you that after June or after, uh, what happened in the full gear is going down. I can almost guarantee that.
3: It's a long term play. So. I think he's he's a flawed hero. He's like he's like the guy you can't. It's like you love him, but you can't. So from here, he has to. It depends who Cody makes now, and then you know however they get out of it. So
5: I love how flawed
3: people are going to be better. better, people are going to be begging for it. Me and Josh have had lots of conversations about this. Right. My point is, people are going to be begging for it because it was fucking
5: stupid. And then once, and if you actually do give it to him. Then you fucked up because you never should have did it to begin with. That's my whole point. So. I, and in yeah. you did it in a way that didn't like help. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not going through it over again. I explained my case. It's a clear, obvious case. Y'all just don't want to uh, bury it because y'all are in love with AEW in a honeymoon period. If anyone else had done this in this same situation with how hot Cody was at that time, y'all would have been like, that's fucking stupid, Vince. You would have. And we'll I don't see. want to be the person that plays that, well, what if, What about AEW? What about WWE? But <laughs> that was a bad idea. I'm not going to – all we ask for is stars. If you cut one of it, then pass. What the fuck are y'all doing?
3: It depends. It depends on the follow-up. It so. depends
5: on if they go lie. It just oh, double t- – and then turn it over. Then, no, nah, never mind. Never mind. But like, he
3: doesn't have to be the champion. <laughs> He, he doesn't, really.
5: Oh, man. Like, he should have just, they should never do the stipulation. They should have had Jericho beat him and they should have had Cody come back a year, it's nine months, a year later. And then you could have put Belted Cody. And everyone would have been like, look at the long form storytelling. Look how that dude built himself up huge. He felt and he came back and the way we talk about Naito uh, at Rust Kingdom just now. The way we talk about Mayi Watati. The way we talk about all these stars that, Go after it, losing and then come back even hotter because the second time around, like people really, really, really want it. Johnny Gargano, I with the example
3: guarantee it will work. I guarantee it will work.
5: Oh, okay.
3: What? Whatever happens, like whatever if, if happens. he's the, if if he's ever the champion, it will work and people will want it. I guarantee it. Write it down.
5: They didn't have to do this. They absolutely didn't have to do this to get that same result. Absolutely did not.
3: So up next, we've got our top moment oh, what, of one? the year. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I told him what one already. Right. Okay. Uh, the brand split goofiness and the wild card rule. Okay. Um, yeah, complete just upending your shows for the sake of, uh, of whatever, like, um, you're not saying anything. Yeah, yeah, no, when, no, everything or when, when everything means nothing, nothing means everything, I
5: guess. <laughs> I
3: get what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Like, cause I remember the first day they talked about it, they were like, yeah, only four people were gonna do it. And then by the end of that show, it was all fucked up. So it was just like, yo, know, y'all have gone too far. Um, knowing that the brand split like failed, they go back to it. And then I don't know, they're just, the whole wild card period in May and everything was just very hard to follow. So up next, we've got our top moment of the year, the single best moment of the year. So we've got John Moxley's debut at double or nothing. Kofi Kingston wins the WWE Championship. Rose Brothers Reconciliation. Roshi Tanahashi wins the IWGP title at 42 in the Tokyo Dome. Will Ospreay defeats Shingo Takagi for the Best of Super Junior uh, deal there. Uh, Kazushi Okada wins the IWGP title in Madison Square Garden. Mayu Watani wins the Red Belt. Johnny Gargano finally wins the NXT title. Romu Takahashi returns, and Roman Reigns returns. So, third place with 32 points.
5: I need my older brother! <laughs> oh, come on.
3: The Rose Brothers Reconciliation.
5: Right. Right. Third biggest moment of all the professional wrestling in court to our voters. But he can never be fucking champion. What the fuck? so stupid. I'm not going to do it again. Let's go. Let's let's go, man. Let's go. Number two.
3: The second place, uh, 52 points. John Moxley's debut at Double or Nothing. Of course, got in the ring. Started brawling with Jericho and Kenny. And uh, it was just a just a where were you uh type moment when he came out number one with 86 points top single moment of the year 66 first place points kofi kingston wins the wwe championship yeah what more can we say uh
5: <laughs> All-time um, great moment all time great moment
3: yep so everything else on that was pretty much way lower um you know, would have liked to see Roman Reigns return. Do a little better, guess not guess. Jesus. Yeah, I guess y'all said fuck, fuck his neck and fuck that cancer. Apparently, Jesus. so um
5: heartless motherfuckers. Like, God. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man, um, let's see, let's see. Up next, we've got our creative success of the year. So we've got the Wednesday Night Wars. We've got Kofi Mania. Once again, <laughs> Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Jay White and Kenta's Bullet Club. Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi's Wrestle Kingdom program. Double Gold Dash. Tokyo Cyber Squad. And Rhea Ripley's NXT Championship push. So, in third place with 48 points, Chris Jericho becomes the first AEW champion. Those that doubted Jericho thought he was too old. Thought he wasn't a number one. Thought he was gonna be Brock Lesnar. Thought he was gonna be Brock Lesnar. Thought he was just gonna be some motherfucker mailing it in. How about it now? (laughs) (laughs) 67 points, 42 first place points. We've talked about it all show. Kofi Kingston and Kofi Mania. But number one, unquestionably, define the year in 2019, I would, you know, I might, I might say. When you think about wrestling and the wrestling that that we cover on on this show and the one that's like really like kind of gripped, um, you know, the critical community, the Wednesday night wars, 84 points, 63 first place votes, uh, first place points. And I don't think it it should even really be close. Like this is, this is where it's at. This Wednesday has been the premier day for wrestling it is the premier day for wrestling uh in america and it's like you know what you want you know if you want nxt just like if you want to get blitz with great matches like NXT's is going to do that for you if you want like you know the alternative like you don't want to deal with wwe and there are many levels of it and you know their top levels allowing their bottom levels to function the way it does. Like, if you just don't want
5: that, you go watch AEW and, uh, seeing, if you want great tag team wrestling in a, in a division that is actually committed to, if you want great women's wrestling in an actual division that is committed to and fully formed, you could go to NXT for the women. You can go to AEW for the tag team wrestling. It's, 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 it's blissful on Wednesdays. Regardless of whichever one you watch, it's always blissful.
3: Yep. And just just looking at everything else on the list, like, it like Double Gold Dash flopped on here.
5: Um, hey, 70,000 tickets. Fuck them. They're yeah. wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess just the witty set it up. Just, uh, I guess.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, shouts out to Kofi again, and, and Daniel Bryan just
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. They look, oh, they they man. had
3: it, and they decided they want it no more. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, but yeah, shouts out to uh, Wednesday Night Wars, probably be on this uh for years to come. So, uh, up next, the big one, the granddaddy of them all, the last award. The IWC award, aka the biggest internet controversy. This one here. Boy, just lots of choices. Um, so let's go right from the beginning. WWE dealing with Saudi Arabia was on there last year, continues to be here this year.
5: It'll be on there next year too, probably. In the year Kota,
3: Kota Bushi versus Hero, or versus, uh, Tessuya Naiso's matches too dangerous. WWE Hell in a Cell backlash. Ronda Rousey saying everything is fake. People thinking Dean Ambrose leaving WWE was a work. Jordan Miles' blackface shirt. Jim Cornette's departure from the NWA. Seth Rollins on Twitter. WWE weaponizes NXT against AEW, creating a fan war. And multiple wrestlers asked for their WWE releases. So... In third place, with 31 points, Seth Rollins on Twitter. Just burying yourself a million feet deep. Don't know what direction it's going to come from, but it's all going to always work out bad. And I don't know if this was the case where he was trying to rally the WWE fan base or um, whatever it was. It did not work out for him on... (laughs) It worked out so well in rallying the WWE fans that they had to turn him heel at the end. So, um, with 48 points in second place. Seth Rollins is not cool. Correct. Um, second place with 48 points, Jordan Miles in the blackface situation with the racism uh, with WWE. That was one of the uglier moments in, you know... <laughs> the history of like me being on the internet and, and consuming wrestling and watching how people react to this shit. But it's like, I I was exactly prepared for it because like life has been preparing me for, uh, the Jordan miles situation and all the, the, the backlash against him and, um, you know, people ready to defend the WWE at all costs. And, you know, it was just the, the Molotov cocktail of what the fuck,
5: yeah um just uh, you see the shirt and you're like wow that's clearly and obviously blackface and then like it goes from there to like people effectively saying yeah but so what <laughs> Like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with y'all like it's so weird so uh
3: up next number one the winner of the iwc award I believe the second year in a row if i'm not mistaken WWE dealing with Saudi Arabia. 65 points, 51 first place votes. Boy. um, They wasn't getting any money on time. Wrestle was getting stranded over there. People's wives were scared. They tried to pass off a women's match as some type of huge deal over there. They... routinely... <laughs> bring back controversial figures like Hulk Hogan for these shows. Um they set up Kane Velasquez to like in the fallout of Kofi Kings and Kane Velasquez is plugged in for the Saudi Arabia show. Um this is just the, and it's routinely just the worst thing that WWE is involved with every year. It's politicized their promotion um to an extent and it's just like you look at all the failing metrics and the, as the years go on the more important this shit is going to be
5: yeah it's it's i mean just what to rely on and you know they started double dipping and who knows what happens in the future maybe they start triple dipping to to make this work because um You know they have to pay more and more salary than they were expecting to pay. They were they thought they were going to keep salary low, and then AEW happens, and now they got to pay people more, more closer to what they're actually worth. So um, they're going to have to rely. They're going to have to rely on you know stuff like this. And like that dude's not going to be undead. He's going to continue to be dead, and he's going to continue to go be a thing. And once you you know. Once you have stories about, like, you know, the, the the plane being stopped for whatever reason, like, more of this goofiness is going to attract more negativity from the fan base. It's like, it's one thing when it's like, it's some reporter that people don't have some attachment to. It's another one when it's like, a group of people that you watch on a weekly basis getting fucked with and they're, and, you know, and some of them are concerned for their own safety. Like, Hopefully, hopefully there's no more crazy stories of surrounding Saudi Arabia and this shit or whatever else. They can do their shitty shows, get their blood money and get the fuck on. Right? Like, yeah. that's the best case scenario, and that's what I hope, yeah. and that's what I hope is like, look, if they're gonna continue to do these shows, hopefully there's no more controversy, there's no more planes being stopped on the tarmac, there's no more people being stuck in hotels or what, or what have you, there's no more trying to having to, you know, rush to get the developmental onto the main roster to try to cover for the fact that like, they can't get their talent back in time, and when they should have, uh, had plenty of time to spare. So, hopefully there's no more bullshit around these Saudi Arabia things, and hopefully like, this, I don't want to say died downs or whatever dies down or, but like, is there's no more controversy after this beyond what we already have.
3: Yeah. I think uh, voters got it totally right here. And there's a lot of like shit that caused like outrage and there's shit that didn't make it on this list. Like quite frankly, but Cornette leaving NWA was a, Big thing that happened, uh, Dean Ambrose and him, people thinking, you know, him leaving his, his work is just, just such a foreign concept to these fans that, you know, someone might not want to work for the WWE. And, um, just the rejection of wrestling reporting and everything just manifesting itself right there. Um, uh, Ronda Rousey exposing the business for a lead up, uh, saying everything was fake. I, I don't think i kind of love it should've on here and, um uh, the backlash of hell in a cell after that fucking shit show they they served us um yeah just just a lot of shit uh on here that was you know fortunately, if you saw it, you knew what was going on um uh, but hopefully you uh didn't let some of this stuff like kill you too much so but yeah, this was unquestionably like you know i had I been mean, being in Saudi Arabia, and everything around it, it was just like yo that's um you know. And then WWE weaponizing NXT against AEW. That's a fucking huge one. <laughs> it's a, a war uh that they started, you know.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um so that's the end of the awards, right?
3: That is the end of the of the awards. So um some of the big winners in the categories, of course, are like you know, we got Will Ospreay, Adam Cole, Cody, B. Priestley. Uh, Stardom Wrestler of the Year. Um, yeah. So we've got, you know, it's kind of you know where it goes here. So uh, maybe we should put up a, a poll with those four names on it. Um,
1: <laughs> so,
3: so like that's just isn't that just like wow? Why is you know? So um, y'all let us know out of those four, who, who's the Wrestler of the Year? B- so.
5: between the winners of our categories, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so um, now that we're done with that part, uh, this is time for um, this new edition of The War Show that we're, that we're adding where we're going to talk about, uh, me and Rich are going to take turns talking about our 10 favorite matches of 2019 uh, through all out the world. So um, I'm going to have Rich go first with this number 10.
3: All right. Um, I will go with... Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay at Dominion, uh, IWGP Junior Championship match. Days after uh, Will Ospreay runs it with Shingo Takagi, rolls into Dominion, looking like the IWGP title is all but his. Uh, but there was a guy named Dragon Lee waiting for him, who also is no slouch himself. They have an electric, I want to say, 21-minute match, five-star match anywhere you want to name it. Loved it.
5: Yeah, for me, um, number 10 um, out of AEW, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in the uh, latter match of death for the AAA tag titles. Um, I thought this match had some of the, you know... uh, This was not a match that... um, When it's like these spot fest type matches, all I want is a simple story of... Mostly what I'm looking for is a simple story of... One, are you trying to win the match? And two... Is the violence or spots escalating? Um, it reached a certain point to where in the third act it didn't escalate, but what they had to make up for it um, in the third act was it got so personal between the Mexican standoff when they're both uh, you know do splashes at, or basically they, the, the big spot was the what's it called? The Canadian the, Destroyer. The Canadian destroyer through the table. Then it led to a Mexican standoff It's where the little brothers are basically saying, like, don't jump don't crash off the off a ladder th- through and, and crash through a table on my bigger brother. They both had the standoff, they both crashed. And then you get to the part where um it got so you know, in their minds it got so physical to wear and so uh personal to wear um one of the young bucks snatches Pentagon's mask off. He falls off. And then I think it was Matt and then they yeah. proceed mass immediate payback for instead of trying to win, trying to get personal, his payback is: you want to do that? Okay, we're going to we're going to fucking uh, combo package power drive you on a ladder bridge and fucking murder you. That's what you get for for going over over the lines of fucking with someone's mask. <laughs> How dare you? you? You fucking you're fucking dead. We win the titles. Fuck you. So it it, it it didn't peak with that spot, but they had storytelling elements on the back end to add to where it took from emotionally from the crazy physical stuff in the ring. So they did a great job.
3: No doubt. Um so my number nine is Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, the death match or the lights out match at um <laughs> uh what, what the fuck show was that? Full gear. Yeah. And um this shit like It was it was a very divisive match, but if you fall on the side of the coin and loved it, yo, this was like not that he had to answer these questions anyway, because if you watch Kenny Omega for any amount of time, you know what it was. He's bought that life. (laughs) Um um, John Misley just like uh showed up and was like whatever he had to get out of his system with having these crazy ass matches, I think he achieved it. I don't know how many more he's going to do, but, but, um, he can always go there. He's always wanted to go there. And this was like, yo, if you want to do like a, a death match brawl, but like still have wrestling elements and, um, uh, you know, just set up all these different, like creative callbacks and, you know, just gruesome stuff too in there and just watch two people just kick the shit out of each other and storytelling elements and, um, Big fight feel, main event atmosphere. This was, like, fucking
5: great. Yeah. Number nine for me, Candice the Ravers, Io Shirai, NXT TakeOver Toronto 2 um, from, I think it's August 10th. This match, I I rewatched these matches, all of them, in the last um, couple weeks or whatever else. And the thing that struck out to me was, like, this match is a match that is better upon replay. Some of these matches are not. For example, like, Walter versus... uh, 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 Tyler Bate is not better on rewatch. Or even the Young Bucks match um, feels like it's not as special for the first time watching it. But, EO does a brain buster in and out of his table and then like, just targets Candice's head from that point forward. Then Candace hits a tope Tornado DDT. She uh, she escapes out of Fireman's carry uh, position and turns to her versus Rana. EO does a Spanish Fly uh, EO does a moonsault uh, EO snaps and gives her these 12-6 uh, these 12, six palm strikes at the back of the head and slaps on a Koji clutch and then like she traps Candice's arms where she can't like tap out it just like passes her out for the pain it's like they told a consistent story throughout the whole thing she was targeting her head beating the hell out of her it was brutal Candice got her time to shine with, with certain spots big, big spots or whatever else and at the end EO wins by being ruthless that's how you make a new character and take her on the way and take her on the way and it's like no wonder she is the most overwoman in NXT.
3: Yeah. Um up next, uh we've got uh, John Moxley versus homo hero Ishii uh in the G1. When John Moxley uh, went to AEW, I was praying he was in the B block because we know who's in the B block. That's that's <laughs> the easy block, you know. We're like we know where it's at <clears throat> and um they delivered 100%. Uh Ishii's one of my favorite guys. Uh, I love what Moxley did this year. And this was just brilliant. Um just air Ishii. Air Ishii. Uh Moxley showing just his ruthless side of himself and showing he can hang with like the best in the world. And I fuck with it big time.
5: Yeah. Um number eight for me, same match. Uh John Moxley versus Tomaru Ishii, Unite Six of the G one. Um just incredible match. Um, it's just, it's just so jarring to see Ishii sell for somebody just immediately like that. And then like from there, he reaches a level of desperation where he fights back or whatever else. It starts no selling and just awesome. And you know, it's another standard, it's another great Ishii match, but it's an added element of this new person he's never else before. And to see, um, Moxie flat out for so much of that match beat ishii's ass from pillar to post take him to over to the easter west sign and have him bash his head into it like it's like there's a rite of passage in Corokin hall to <laughs> smash someone's head into the easter west sign so or, or even their hand or whatever else so um it was awesome and as you said air ishii he reached such a level definition was like i gotta put this fuck. i gotta smash through this, <laughs> through it t- i gotta fly through the air to beat this dude and the head butts it's just it's just a great match Rich number. Up
3: seven. next, um, I've got uh Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii uh from the G one. Real man wrestling and just sounding off slaps, chops, two dudes that ain't no taller than like like Chris Paul's towering over both of these dudes. And like <laughs> you know Chris Paul is short. So um yeah, man, like I don't know how you do better than this. Like this is like this is real man wrestling. So you, if you're a real man, you should like this match. Like <laughs> if you're not a real man, you
5: should like this match. This is great. Number seven for me: Arisa Nakajima versus Nanai Takahashi for the Seedling Beyond the Sea Singles Title. It's also a um, a hair versus hair match. It's from uh, I believe it's November second. Um, this is a match that shout out to Joshi City's Twitter account because uh, they said that these two put on this match and I had seen Nanai Takahashi she's probably the person that I would put highest on the list of someone that I some some super some person that was a star or legend in the business or whatever else that I had not seen until this year and now I know how awesome they are she's probably number one on this list um, watching some of her you know, early couple of years of stardom stuff, her wars with uh not, or with uh, Nasuki Tayo, uh, Io, whoever else, and then to see her and seedling in special matches with like Takumi I'm sorry, uh, Takumi Aroha or or Asuka that's in Japan, not our Asuka, and to see this match where all she's done throughout her entire career, um after stardom is beat the piss (laughs) beat the piss out of uh, Arisa Nakajima and she's the champion and she is very much like on the Hogan Brock Lesnar Triple H schedule she ain't losing unless there's a damn good reason and she loses to Takumi Aroha and Arisa comes through and breaks up the celebration for Takumi and and is pissed off that she's never beaten this woman even when uh, Arisa was the ace in uh, JWP and she, you know, she gets the match with Takumi. She becomes a champion, but she's never beaten uh Nanai. And Nanai wants her her belt back. So they put it on the line. You want a title shot? Hair versus hair. And they go out there and they have a fucking war. It is every bit as brutal and vicious as any Shingo match from last year. Um, the wrestling is ex- as crisp as anything else you'll see. There's a segment. In, there's a. There's a. There are two different segments that like stick in my mind. And, like this is some of the best wrestling I've seen this year. This is the best women's match I've seen all year. It's nothing even compares. Um, when I first watched this match, I immediately thought f- four and three quarters without knowing any uh, any of the story. I just explained with all of the all the stuff through their careers. After that, after seeing you know Minami Toyota and Toshiya Yamada in uh in the ring and it's basically the, it's a storyline to pass down through, you know, their previous 92 hair versus hair match. Like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Why not giving this thing five stars is incredible match. It's one of the best matches of the year. If you haven't seen it, please watch this thing. If, if you are a person that's into strong style wrestling or, or new Japan pro wrestling, this match would have been a match of the year contender in, in that promotion. It's an incredible match. I can't, I can't speak enough to it. This is the best, this is the only match that I put on this list that was not from one of the five, uh, promotions that we cover on an almost weekly basis in, um, in, uh, One Radio. I think it's that special of a match.
3: Yeah. Um, up next, I've got, uh, oh, this is tough looking at it. I'm gonna go with Kazushko Kata versus Will Ospreay from the G1. Um, the world wanted Will Ospreay to win. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Dave Melzer wanted Laspre to win,
3: bro, like he was on this crazy roll, and it would have made sense to set up for you know England uh later on that Suzuki ended up getting that match, but this was like this was really, really, really fucking great, and it was yeah. like the day like there's there's another match between these guys coming, oh, and when that happens, oh yeah, yes, sir. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. Like he's the one that's going to push Okada to be great in the future. Uh, to win, you know, whatever Okada may lose physically over the next, you know, you know, amount of time, like he's going to find it to, to fight Will. So, um, this was like a crazy closing sequence. I remember that. And, um, it was just like watching Masters of the Craft, modern, like everything you're, you're looking for, like in wrestling that it was right here.
5: Yeah, Um, this is six, right? Yeah, that was my six. Okay, number six for me. My Iwatani versus Kagetsu red belt match um, Christmas Eve for the year in climax and stardom. Um, This end of an era. um, It's the two best wrestlers in the company. Um, One is the head trainer, and she is, a day after this match, is announcing her retirement and is out the door after, you know, her her protege is also retired at this earlier in the same show and my young guests who have a history of great matches. And I believe they went out there and put on their, their best performance together ever. Um, this is a match that is just, it is every bit, uh, like the thought in the, in the layout. It reminds me so much of the Tanahashi and Okada matches that like that, you know, brought me into stardom. I'm not starting, but brought me a new Japan. And like, this was just a cap off of this incredible year of watching this promotion that I had not watched previously, um, in any type of, uh, real way. And it just like validated, like the reason for why I watched this shit, (laughs) I watched shit to do the weekly, uh, uh, talks about stardom because they have great matches, but when the time calls for it, they have like the classic memorable thing that you've just, you know, it just, Wow that makes you say, wow, this is incredible. So, um, rich number five, number five, the young bucks versus the Lucha brothers from AW all out.
3: <sighs> A lot of what James said on there. And then I'm just thinking about the greatest match in the promotions history. Uh, thus far is this one, um, huge fan of the young bucks. Finally seeing them, you know, take their rightful place, like in America on the higher stages. Um, <clears throat> big fan of like the Lucha bros too. Like, you know, they're not like they can be a singles act, they can be a tag team, there's value in either one of them. And this was like the culmination of the first chapter of the AEW rivalry. This has been a long American professional wrestling rivalry in like PWG and uh different like other indies like they've been running it all over the country for years and this is like that they imported like a regional great rivalry to a national stage. And if you think about it, the Bucks won that first match at double to nothing. They had that six man, or the, the pair of six mans and, and one in, uh, you know, fighter fest and the other one in Mexico. And then they had one one other match, which was this one. They're really just one to one in AEW. So you know what that <laughs> means? There's more coming. So eventually one day they'll, they'll be running it again. And a lot of feuds like that are in AEW right now. A lot of one to ones right now. So, uh, I, this one w- was really special and I can't wait to see these teams go at it again. <laughs> it, it, I didn't care whether it was for the AAA belts, the uh, AEW belts, whatever belts that they had on the line. Um, and it's almost like a summary of the, the entire feud. It was just like these, this, when I say Ri ladderders pro wrestling this these two teams like embody it they are it so uh yeah that was that was it uh what number are you now uh that was my number five
5: okay okay number five for me Walter versus Tyler Bate, NXT UK title match NXT uk uh takeover Cardiff this, in my opinion, is the all time big guy, little guy match now. It is now supplanted in my mind. Um, you know, Undertaker versus Sean, um, WrestleMania 25. Um, it's, it's just incredible. I rewatched it recently. I don't think that the match is as good as watching the first time, but the match is incredible and it is based so simply. It's like the big guy gets an advantage, uh, or the big guy gets an advantage and then he, proceeds to uh work over that dude's back and then bait fights underneath and fights underneath and fights underneath and gets spots and takes advantage of them and capitalizes to try to change the tide and uh, every time he gets some type of ground uh some some type of momentum going every time walter chops that back or chops shit out of him and cuts him off and then you just want it more and more and more with bait and then we get to like the last 10 minutes of that match or 15 minutes of that match and the, it's just incredible the crowds on his feet the whole time just living and dying with this small dude to overcome this fucking uh Neanderthal <laughs> giant and <laughs> and you know we end up we end the match with like you know he gets a powerbomb st- and gets stacked up on his shoulders and he kicks it one and and Walter just cannot believe it and we we, we and that was the last bit that he had of resiliency and just Walter just you know Closed line the last of the fire and just took out or turned the lights out and and won the match and, then you're, and you're just like I don't want anyone ever to ever beat Walter NXT UK ever bury him with that fucking belt.
3: Number four, Walter versus Tyler Bate. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, man, I remember watching this. It was like this match was great for a really long time, and then it just went to another level. Yes, like, <laughs> like, um, and it was like. Watching Tyler Bate sometimes makes you sad. Think about he's all the way over in NXT UK (laughs) on an island and like we can't see you be great more often. Right. Um, but yeah, you talk about great big man, little man matches. Like this is class, um, of that. It was, I remember around that time, I was like, is any, is as good as anything in the G1 or better? And it was like, you know, it was, it was something the NXT UK needed, like to say, Hey, we're here, except like, you know, y'all really ain't because this is a promotion that doesn't exist. But like this um, was, <laughs> it,
5: yeah, like it, sorry, but it, this felt like the almost like a makeup for what happened when they did with Bait versus Walter and putting that in New York.
3: Or done versus Walter. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this was this was great, uh, all time
5: match. Yeah, um number four for me, Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi from night sixteen of the G one. It's just hyperballing at its finest. Um, it is, it is almost like veteran Ishi versus a younger version of Ishi that wrestles us just a little bit different enough to make it where it's like it's not exactly a mirror match, but the things they do differently from Ishi psychology to Shingo's pacing and uh, let's say the jabs and striking ability. It it was they're just a perfect match for each other. And I can't wait for them to wrestle again. I hope they wrestle each other again a million times. I hope when they both die they wrestle each other in heaven. They're they're perfectly built for each other. <laughs> <sighs> That's
3: funny. Um my number three, uh Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano two and uh TakeOver twenty five. And this was like for me, like looking at this feud, there were seven falls in it. This was the best one. (laughs) Like, Like, this was like, yo, this 30 minute match of like, not a lot of interference. Just like, I, I, previously described it, imagine if Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart didn't have egos and then got imported <laughs> into modern wrestling. That's what this was. And I can imagine Shawn Michaels sitting backstage like fuck, man. I wish like I got to do that more in my career. Like I wasn't wrestling these big motherfuckers all the time. And um this was a this this for me it was like way better than the match I was in tennis for and it was just like yo like these guys are great. Like say what you want like, they'll come out there and smoke you. Like, if you if you ain't looking, like... I didn't know Cole was this good. Obviously, you knew Johnny was this good, but... This was, like... This is where it's at for, for WWE. I think it's, like, possibly, like... It's one of the best WWE matches ever. Yeah. And it's just, like, yeah, like... unfuck Yeah, uh...
5: Number three for me, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. Best Super Junior Final. Um... I think it's Sumo Hall. It just, just incredible storytelling throughout that whole thing. You have, um, <laughs> and, and it's a story that like probably shouldn't work. Like you have this in, unstoppable force going just like a hot night through butter through the competition on his side. And on the other end, you have Will Ospreay. Um, and they just wrestling back and forth. And it's like, can this dude stop this, stop this 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 unstoppable thing and machine through throughout the whole match he just keeps coming and keeps coming and like they have some of the best exchanges in wrestling um and sequences in wrestling throughout all the year like maybe the best like there are two or three of them in this match and they're just incredible and at the end you have you you have will like finishes him with with the top with the os cutter thing and then like and holds on and lifts him back up and then you know Finishes them with uh, it's it just incredible. There's so much great wrestling in that match. So much. Y'all
3: yeah, already know where I'm going with it. Number two, Will Osprey versus Shingo Takagi. Um, <laughs> what James said and more. Rich last Pro Wrestling, um, the best of junior heavyweight match of all time. Um, you're never gonna find dudes like lining up the way they were to meet on that day, like with the build and um, who they were at the point in their careers, like. I don't know how you're going to line that up too much more often. Yeah. And um, yeah, like Will, y- you think it's like, if you didn't think Will was great, he was there. <laughs> 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 if you And if you didn't know who Shingo Takagi was and you were like, you know, you know, he wrestled in this small promotion and... Uh, you weren't quite sure, but even though New Japan was telling you every step of the way, because man had literally been protected for months and months and months and never losing. Um, yeah, can't fuck with them dudes. Like, yeah. when it comes to in the ring, like, that's, that's, that's where
5: it's at. Yeah. Like, Shingo from, like, I did not watch a Shingo match until this year, and it's like, Yo, how has this dude already, like, in the current running, like, that high on my list of favorite wrestlers in, like, in the world currently? Like, he shot up like a, like a, like a, like a, like a comet through the, through the sky. It's crazy. Um, number two for me, Arisa Oshiki versus Tam Nakano, white belt match, stardom from, I think, the June Cork and Hall show. Um, it's the best storyline in stardom. It is one of my favorite, uh, storylines of the year. It are two people in a faction, one person uh, is a solid is a solid mid Carter in the company. The other one is a person returning but is a geek. This person rises um, quiet as it's kept and the person that is dismissive ends up having her dream stolen from this upstart or this returning person and it just grows in resentment and it leads to the, the culmination of this match where they knee and kick the, the their faces off. And it ends where um, the returner wins, but the performance that you remember is mostly from the the person uh, that had all the resentment, and you see some of that melt away. And it ends in respect, and it leads to what you hope is a retire is a, re- a rematch down the line, where she says, "Don't you dare lose that belt to someone else." And it's all the emotion, and like this was like the this is like the first starting match that it. Uh, I saw that. I was like, yo, like, I think I'm sticking with this company like for a long ass time.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Number one,
3: Russell kingdom, 13 main event, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Gushed about this match on different shows. I've talked about like what it felt like being a Kenny fan, watching it, thinking about it in hindsight, uh, the emotional insurances for both, both guys, Uh, Kenny's, like, the music change, the blending of the styles, like, of, like, you know, the the lead-in to the match, like, Kenny's got to be the guy that takes this thing worldwide, but it doesn't happen for whatever reason. Uh, You know, he's gone from the company. The ace rides again, all all blended in one, selling out the dome. Um, It's just, like, a very special match, and I'm a huge fan of Roshi Tanahashi. I marked out like a child when I met him, uh, like last week again, second time. Um, (laughs) And it's just like, yo, this is like another career peak for him. Uh, another dome main event for Kenny, you know, and it was like, yo, if that's Kenny's last like Wrestle Kingdom, whatever it is, like what a way to fucking leave. Wrestle Kingdom wasn't the same without Kenny Omega. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and it was like, it was like the last like, you know the the last act of the best bout machine, essentially. You know, and I I love that match uh, for all those reasons. Like you go out there and and you lose clean in the middle honorably to uh, a guy that like earns your respect. And I think uh, Tana or Kenny earned some of Tana Hashi's respect uh, by doing it Tana Hashi's way in the match and. John Hashfi had to resort to, you know, <laughs> a lot of shit that he said he wasn't about to put this guy away, and it was just like it was a beautiful match, and uh, I hope you rewatch it, you know, soon. But uh, it's been a while since I watched it.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, I think it's the best me- mesh of of like two different styles that I can think probably this year. Between like two high-profile people that wrestled their way, and then they had to meet in the middle. I think it's like the best, like compromise to tell a story between on both halves. Um, mm-hmm. Number one for me: Johnny Gargano vs. Adam Cole, two out of three falls match, NXT vacant title match uh, at uh, t- in er, NXT Takeover New York should have been called Brooklyn Five, but whatever. Um, this was a culmination of. Or this is the end of a twenty month uh, storyline for Johnny Gargano, and um, it wasn't a it wasn't the opponent that was planned for. But on short notice, they had a hell of a uh, of a of a turnaround or a three weeks' notice to, to get this thing up and going. Um, the promo the, the promos uh, of them doing doing like the twenty four seven stuff where Johnny is going back to his um his home promotion in Cleveland, uh, and you have the training sessions there, and then you have. Um, Adam Cole, you know, going to basically like some, you know, almost like a, a combine workout facility where, you know, he does all the, all the combine drills, whatever else and, and quick super twitch stuff. Kicks. And also he's super, he's super kicking stuff. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He's super kicking past to practice. Uh, um, and then you had the promo where they finally meet face to face after, uh, Cole wins that five way match. Where he steals the pin from Ricochet after Ricochet had to match one, which is like stop doing that in multi man matches in WWE, please. <laughs> anyway, um, they go face to face and they talk about their paths through since um, signing with NXT to getting to this point. And the clear difference is the clear differences they have, where one guy comes in and lays out the, new, the newly crowned champion, is and that was his path. And then twenty months later, he finally gets there. Um, with undisputed. And on the other end, you have this dude that got betrayed by his best friend, goes singles, um, rustles his ass off on the undercard, rustles his ass off. gets to the main event, fails and fails and fails in spectacular fashion. These incredible matches and loses, loses his way, turns heel. Alistair Black kicks him since, or, or kicked his ass, uh, the ricochet or so the ricochet thing, he finally cheats to give himself a title match or whatever else. And then it leads to after, you know, he's about to get his revenge on this fucking guy that kind of caused him to lo- you know lose off deep end. And he's gone. And the only person he has left to focus on is all the stuff he went through to get to this point. Now he has to go through one final challenge, Adam Cole, like the, the quote unquote chosen one, uh, in NXT. And they go out there and they have two good falls, they have one good fall. They have a very good um, second fall, and then the third fall happens, and they immediately have outside of Shingo and in, in, in um, Ishii or Shingo and Osprey like the best run of wrestling in the world that I saw in 2019. Um, that run, they it turned all of a sudden into just a it turned into a fucking G1 final or best super junior final or like the last 15 minutes of a Tokyo domain event and the crowds into it. They, they're, it's so incredible. Um, I watched it again, um, a week or two ago and like, just when Johnny starts kicking out, I started getting emotional thinking of like the 20 months of all that shit that he went through, They get to this point in the times where he should have fucking won the title, but they didn't, and the crowd's living and dying with that dude, and they they finally pay it off where they set all these insurmountable odds against him when Undisputed comes out, and he like literally kicks all of Undisputed's ass, and then... They set you up to think you're about to get fucked with the Johnny, with the, with the Triple H special, which is interference, babyface overcomes interference, and then here comes Triple H with the sledgehammer, or whatever else, they, or the pedigree to hit them with their move in the middle of the ring and win. And then he kicks, and then he's about to get a last shot, uh, shot, and he ducks underneath it and he slaps on the Gargana escape, and he, Cold reach, last gas, reach for the ropes. Johnny kicks off the ropes, rolls back, and cranks on that fucker's neck, and and Adam has no chance, choice but to tap out. And twenty months pays off. The crowd's losing his shit for him. Um, he he goes to celebrate with his dad and his family. He goes back up the ramp. They put up the uh the, the go home symbol, and then you know, classic Johnny Gargano. Just because that 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 logo in the bottom third is up, does not mean they're going dark. Champa comes out. Congratulate them. They know that Champa's leaving. This next situation is going to come back as like one of the biggest baby faces, and they go on from there. And they go dark, and it, it paid off in a way that was very, very rewarding. In a way they like the the way that you feel all wrestling should be paid off, and it was great. Um. So yeah, uh, that is twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's twenty nineteen. Uh, I can't wait to do uh, two thousand. What we see the for twenty twenty and between AEW NXT the main roster what they have to give us in New Japan stardom and whatever else we see in the world of Joshi or whatever else and or whatever else we see Dragon Kid, wherever the hell we get is gonna be great because a lot of great wrestling. I like the all sh- progressing is awesome.
3: I also like to shout out El uh, Iho Del Vikingovers, Laredo kid, um, yeah. from AAA, as uh, definitely a, another match to check out. If <laughs> it's, it feels like you got an inside peek into a world that, like, it's like, holy shit, what's going on over there? Like,
5: <laughs> if yeah. that's what, it, what the fuck's going on, check it out. It's on YouTube. Right. So uh, one thing, one thing. I'll get, since you're giving an honorable mention to, I'll give him an honorable mention. I am always. I have. Uh, I have heard that um, I am known to be a a person that that deals too much on wanting stuff to be serious and not too much on the fun. So I will recommend. I I guess my 2019 comedy match of the year, Sukasa Fujimoto versus Ten Ten. Check it out. Uh, it is a storyline based around a potential uh, love triangle between. The two thousand eighteen uh Tokyo sports joshi award winner and um a inflatable panda couple that's all I'm going to say. It is fucking hilarious. it tells a story it has conclusion and happy ending and this person that may be a home record comes out as a baby face at the end. It's incredible and it's totally ridiculous and absurd. Enjoy. It's crazy, because like I, I,
3: I was kind of picking between Omega and Tanahashi and Antonio Honda. And <laughs> I
5: knew you were gonna do. I knew you were gonna say that bullshit. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well so, anyway, well, yeah. So uh, Tanahashi
3: man. and Kenny just edged them out.
5: <laughs> okay. So, uh, now that we mention uh, all the matches from two thousand nineteen and uh, even honorable mentions, um uh, I'm gonna to throw to uh our, our top tens from all our con- contributors from um our this project at the beginning of the year or the end of uh, the end of the year for um, going over the 2019 for different motions from started in New Japan to NXT to in slash WWE to AEW. Um, that's Jeremy, that's Imp, that's Floyd. Um, Amy, unfortunately, I made a mistake and did not uh, get a chance to record her and we couldn't make it up in time. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, eventually we'll come around and be able to figure something out. But, uh, that's also Dylan Fox and, like i I hope you guys enjoy and if you know you enjoyed those shows enjoyed our you know year-end project 2019 i hope you check this out and um listen to their passion same passion that we have for professional wrestling 2019 and if there's something that you know that you didn't check out or whatever else throughout the year and you have some time maybe go check out um the match they suggest because they watch a lot of great wrestling issues like we did and if there's something you missed out on it's something you probably you should check out and give it a look. So I'm going to go ahead and throw there. Um, uh, thanks for listening. Peace.
6: All right. So Jeremy Donovan here to give my top 10 favorite matches from across the world in 2019. So starting at number ten is John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 Climax Day Six. Uh, just a great matchup between uh, two brawlers, and it's just great seeing John Moxley. Just you know, he just had such a horrible last year in WWE, and just seeing him flourish in the New Japan environment and having this all-out brawl with Ishii and getting air Ishii and just the kind of. Back and forth between these guys. Um, just a great matchup. Uh, then my number nine is Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks from All Out. One of the craziest ladder matches that I've seen in my life. These guys literally thought of every crazy spot and did it. I mean, a Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder through a table. That was freaking nuts. And there's, it's going to be very hard for any ladder match to come close to what Lucha Bros and Young Bucks did at All Out. Uh, my number eight is Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 Day 16. Um, this is, you know, the definition of a strong style fight right here with Shingo and Ishii. These two bruisers just slugging each other and testing each other's um, will and strength and was just a, a great brawl. Uh, my number seven is Kota Ibushi versus Will Osprey from uh, G1 Climax Day Five. Uh, just um, the epic rematch from the Wrestle Kingdom match, and uh, Kota Ibushi getting his comeuppance, and just a bunch of crazy spots between these guys. And looking forward to seeing those guys do it again. Uh, my number six is Dragon Lee versus Will Osprey from Dominion. Uh. Just a great junior title match. Osprey coming off this amazing best of sleeper juniors and, uh, defeating Shingo and having to, you know, have another great performance just a few days later. And these guys, uh, tore the house down. Uh, moving on to my number five, Jordan Devlin versus David Starr from the OTT fifth anniversary show. Uh, I've been following the Devlin, uh, David Starr slash Walter rivalry, uh, for the past year or so. And, just some of the best promos you get between these guys and just these epic promo uh, videos and just a personal issue these guys had and just um, how they brilliantly executed a double turn and having, you know, the OTT crowd turn on Devlin and support David Starr, who's kind of defending the independent wrestler. And, um, you know, Devlin kind of being the evil guy because he's in NXT UK. Uh, it's great match and a great story. Uh my number four is Jay White versus Kota Abushi from the G one finals. Another great story with Kota Abushi having to, you know, fight against the odds, literally against the whole Bullet Club at one point, and uh having to take out all Jay White's shenanigans and coming from behind. And um, you know, everybody thought that Jay White was gonna win this thing, but Abushi was able to Kamagoya kind of his way into a victory and win the G one. Then my number three is Walter versus Tyler Bate from TakeOver Cardiff. This match was just incredible. It was your simple David versus Goliath storyline, but you had an incredible David and an incredible Goliath, and these guys literally just went back and forth and just threw everything, but the kitchen sink in there, and just had a great matchup. Then my number two is uh, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, just an epic matchup here. Kenny Omega's last match in New Japan, the Gaijin Ace versus the Ace of the Universe. And just the story they were telling there with Tanahashi holding up the traditional values of New Japan and Kenny Omega's whole thing and wanting to change the world. You also had the Kota Ibushi element in there with both guys kind of wanting to fight for Kota Ibushi's attention. Tanahashi wanted to mentor Abushi and Kenny obviously wanted to continue the Golden Lovers tag team and having Abushi uh, be on his side. And those guys went out and had a great Tokyo Dome main event. It was just great to see Tanahashi get one more uh, shot of the title in the dome. And then my number one match is Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay from the best of the Super Junior Finals. Um, another great story here um, having Shingo being built up, never being pinned. And just undefeated and just running through everybody in his block. And then Will Ospreay um, kind of being pictured as an underdog here and having to, uh, you know, take out this unstoppable juggernaut in Shingo Takagi. And these guys went out here, had an epic match, and Osprey was able to um, slay the dragon and beat Shingo. So that is my uh, top 10 list.
4: Okay, so here we are, uh, it's the end of the year, and, uh, James Boyd of One Nation Radio has asked me to send in, uh, a list of what I consider to be the 10 best matches of the year, uh, starting with number 10. Uh, and I've gotta say in 2019, this is almost, uh, (laughs) an impossible task, and in most cases, you could say, Any match from a list of probably close to a hundred matches that occurred around the world and you'd still be, you know, in in, it nominating matches that, you know, 15, 20 years ago would have easily been matched the year, even a decade ago. So, you know, um, there's never been as much good wrestling accessible or available to us as there is now. And so I'm very excited to hear what other people's lists are aside from just mine. And this is no way an authoritative list. This is just a list of what I've seen and what I've consumed and what I think are, you know, 10 of the best matches of the year. Um, before I start, I do want to give an honorable mention to uh match from Dragon Gate, uh, KZ versus Pac. And another honorable mention to uh, Kito Kiyomiya versus Segura from uh, Noah's Global Tag League. Uh, Two of the best pro matches of the year that unfortunately just barely didn't make the cut for my list. But if you haven't seen them, they could easily be interchangeable with almost any match, uh, that I'm about to list. So, you know, you definitely want to go out your way and, and catch those matches. And that's Kiomi and Segura from, uh, Noah and KZ versus Pac from Dragon Gate. So, uh, let's start with number 10. Um, the number 10 match that I have listed is El Vikingo versus Laredo Kid from Triple A or Triple A. Um, this match is literally just pure insanity. A match that um, is revolutionary when it comes to an age where uh, athleticism is at an all time high in wrestling, and these guys were able to take the athleticism that's at an all- time high in in uh, wrestling and and improve upon it and exceed it. If you haven't seen Vikingo and Laredo, it's a thrilling spot fest lucha style match. Uh, these guys are in a different league, honestly, and like, I can't wait to see them either in Japan or in America once, uh, someone gets wise and starts booking these guys, brings them in. So, uh, go out of your way to see that. Uh, coming in at number nine, um, I've nominate, or I'm picking, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston from WrestleMania. And just one of the best told stories and feuds of the entire year. One of the most meaningful moments of the year with the uh, Kofi title win. Um, The emotion, the build, the stage. uh, It had everything. And, you know, um, as great as Kofi is, Bryan was just, you know, a, a master at basically bringing this guy to an even higher level and upping his game and um i love this match i i it's something that i'm definitely gonna watch again and one of the best wrestlemania matches of all time so uh brian and kofi uh coming at number eight is uh adam cole versus johnny gargano from nxt takeover 25 so this would be the rematch of the uh the match that they had at takeover in uh brooklyn which i was actually there for that match live but i preferred the rematch where gargano finally beat cole for the nxt title and um man just uh you know, Gargano is the king of TakeOver. There's a reason they call him, uh, Johnny TakeOver. And Adam Cole has shown, you know, exactly what all the hype and the buzz was, you know, for him. And these two guys kind of took a feud that, was built off of uh, you know, circumstance and injury and, you know, kind of thrown together haphazardly and they were able to, with the promos and, you know, the build and and everything of that nature, uh kind of salvage it and actually turn it into something that was uh probably the feud of the year in uh NXT this year, which is just remarkable and one of the all time greatest takeover matches, and that's really, really saying something. So um congrats to uh (laughs) Cole and Gargano. Um, at number seven I have uh, Cody versus Dustin from AEW Double or Nothing. And this was a match that completely caught me off guard and by surprise. It's my favorite AEW match of the entire year. Uh to believe that it was gonna, you know, involve Cody uh and it and B five stars was something I never would have really uh considered or imagined, but uh it did, and I mean the emotion of this match the story of this match the timing of this match the blood the vis- the visceral you know reaction of people the emotion everyone was crying at the end of this the post match angle the the promos leading to it this is a perfect presentation and um one of my favorite things that occurred in wrestling this entire year so uh, i've got to definitely give props to Cody and Dustin on that one um for number 6 I'm going to nominate Shingo and Ishii uh and you know obviously I host one of the <laughs> more successful uh New Japan podcasts out there uh keeping a strong style weekly. So um this is the first uh New Japan match to make my list for the year and just the most brutal and most violent and hard hitting strong style fight Haas fight you're gonna see, uh, anywhere in the world. That's including those boys over in Big Japan and All Japan, everything of that nature. Like, this was just awesome. Um, yeah, two, two bulls going to war and, you know, two of the best competitors in the world today, you know, fighting for honor and fighting for pride in the G1 climax. So enough said there. Just an incredible match. Um, at number five is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom and, Um, If you didn't hear my uh, recollection of things during the top 10 list that I did uh, for One Nation Radio during their New Japan uh, retrospective, you might want to check that out. But just an incredible match, an incredible build. Um, a lot of intrigue, a lot of interesting story elements. I think most people did anticipate Kenny Omega to win here. And when Tanahashi, you know, reclaimed the crown after all these years, it was such a moment and the crowd reaction there. And then the significance of what it meant for the industry going forward with AEW and everything like that. This was a really important historical moment, but an incredible, incredible match from two of the best in the world. And uh, I really loved it um, coming in at number four is, um, star versus Jordan Devlin versus David star from OTT fifth anniversary. And one of the most, um, compelling builds to a match all year long, uh, dating back to their, uh, you know, friendship and rivalry, uh, the feuds with Walter. I mean, this was years in the, in the making some of the best video packages that I've ever seen for wrestling and ever and then um you know the match they had earlier in the year which was also incredible and then by the time we got here with uh the idea of like Devlin being the NXT kind of like sellout guy, you know, he's leaving the company and, you know, David Starr is the, the true independent wrestler. And even though he's the heel, uh, people should be cheering for him because he's the one that stayed around. And you kind of saw the, the crowd switch. And this was like a very smart and subtle, uh, double turn, which was just done to perfection. And, um, as far as in ring, this is one of the crispest and, Best told stories in the ring of the entire year, just blow your mind. Good the the crowd in in Dublin, oh my gosh, this is this was an incredible match. And I know I keep saying that, but it's been such a great year. And um, yeah, Star Devlin, if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. And then uh, number three is Shingo Takagi versus Will Osprey, best of the Super Juniors finals. One of the best matches of the year, probably in most people's bouts, probably is the match of the year. And you know, an incredible build for two of the best performers in the entire world. Will Ospreay, probably the wrestler of the year. Shingo's not far behind. The, the story with these guys in the block, you know, both basically having two of the best runs in the history of the Super Juniors simultaneously during the best Super Juniors tournament in history, having the best finals match in history. Uh, yeah, it was a masterpiece. And then, uh, at number two is Tyler Bate versus Walter from NXT UK takeover. And, uh, this was something that I knew was going to be good, but I didn't have as high expectations as it ended up delivering. And I was just so pleasantly surprised to see, you know, these guys having a better match than even the ones that they'd had previously in like, say progress and things of that nature. Um, this blew me away and in most years would have been easily my match of the year. I think it gets a little bit overlooked because of how great wrestling has been this year, but, um, just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And then at number one, uh, my match of the year, my, my number one favorite wrestling match of the year across the world is Jay White and Kota Ibushi for literally having a perfect presentation in the match itself. Um, you know, basically just the story and, um, everything that, that was kind of surrounding it. Um, just really, 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 really incredible. Um, so that's going to do it for me. Um, those were my favorite matches of the entire year. And I'm going to throw it back to these guys. Thanks.
2: All right. So let me get into my top 10 right now. Uh, you know, when we were talking a little bit about it. I just I told you before. My top ten's a little off the wall almost when it comes to uh there's no Natsu matches unlike my startup top ten that we had on there. That's that was my one mistake. I regret it, but otherwise there's a little bit of everything. And my number ten match, I actually started off in Pro Wrestling Noah, actually, a men's company, uh, which is one of my favorite companies. If you listen to my other show, you'll know I've always been a hard supporter of Noah. And this year I thought they really had, well, last year technically, no. I really thought they had a great bounce back year. And my top 10 match was from Misawa's memorial show. uh, And it featured Takashi Sugira and Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, Kaito, he's a guy, if you're not familiar with Noah, he's like this really young guy, only 22, 23 years old. But he actually won the title at the start of the year and had a title reign that lasted the whole year. Uh, In that time, the company got bought crazy things happened in the company but everything really rose up it's like his title reign kind of elevated them to a next level uh and uh, also the new ownership really did a great job too and it actually culminated with them running sumo hall and being really successful at it they almost beat uh, ddt on that same show uh but this match in misawa's memorial show was really special because sugira and he's the man, even in his 50s, this guy can go to him, you know, hit as hard as anybody else. He's like Ishii, but mixed with a technical wrestler. If you're a, a New Japan fan, he does a little bit of everything. And he just was vicious on Kaito at one point. He speared him through the barricade. You know, in WWE, they do that spot like way too much. And it's kind of lame now. But in Noah, it's like nobody, nobody does it, so it's a way cooler, uh, way more unexpected with the, the Metal Barricade, too, so that's a little different as well. Uh, but it all led to Kaito really bringing back the spirit of Misawa, which is important on that show. Uh, he did all kinds of Misawa moves, and even his finisher is the Tiger Suplex, so a lot of his stuff is like, hey, I'm taking the torch from where misawa left it 10 years ago it's like i'm picking it up i could do the tiger suplex i got the green attire and he really did a great job i thought in that match and it's kind of funny because i think a lot of people were into there's a lot of comparisons between kaito and kento Miyahara from all japan and i thought this match really stole the show in a lot of ways Uh, when you look at their two title matches because it was uh, executed it in such a way to where yeah, he was the underdog. He took a lot of punishment, but I thought this one had that b- extra bit of pop, and he tributed Misawa on the Misawa show, so I had to show respect to that. Uh, you know, So that was a good top 10 for me. Number 10 match there. Check that out. Number 9 for me, and this is what we talked about before uh, on the Stardom show, Ari Sahoshiki versus Jungle Kiona. Uh, that was from the August 10th show and stardom and like i said this match had a little bit of everything to it jungle was amazing uh, the hot crowd there was high energy between them desperation to win some drama good build and the senegalese stretch buster the best move in wrestling so you gotta watch this match i talked about it at length a little bit more just like my number eight match i back to back hoshiki uh rich uh, rich Lada shout out right now this is our girl wrestler of the year uh back to back in the top 10 uh hoshiki my favorite match of hers wasn't actually a jungle match i actually liked the hazuki match from the july 24th show even better just a little bit you can really toss these up any way you want i think a lot of people might have even liked the jogo match better to be honest with you uh but for me uh the pop for the Hazuki straw, the hatred between these two. And that's a match you don't get a lot in stardom. Um, you know, you got some storyline matches and some great moves. But what this match had to me was hatred. And, you know, they had the emotion to it. Hazuki's missed. Like, where where are you at, Hazuki? I need you to come back right now. We we all need you. The world needs you most. You disappeared. That's kind of wild right there. Uh, but those are my, my back-to-back Hoshiki matches number seven something totally different that is the battle of the brothers from aew's double or nothing may 31st cody and dustin rhodes now here's the thing i like about this match i know cody kind of gets clowned a lot by a lot of people uh for not being that good of a worker and i kind of agree with y'all actually people who think that for most of the time but in this match I thought it was a throwback match to an old-school NWA style. A uh, rare match to see in this day and age. There was blood. You know, you don't see that a lot nowadays, but they got that, uh, another Hoshiki staple in 2020. But right now, blood in this match was at another level. This was Muta scale uh, levels. that has to be graded on the Muta scale with Dustin here. There was a lot of drama. And, you know, Cody, the thing is, he's not a like amazing Will Ospreay type of wrestler where he's going to do all kinds of cool moves and, you know, rock the crowd that way. It's more so that the story is pushed to the forefront of his matches. So this was an old school match that, you know, I think this could be a buyer beware if you're of a certain taste in wrestling, but I thought this was a classic style match. Uh Probably my favorite match to take place in America. I don't know if, if everybody feels that way, but that was just me. Uh, Number Six is another unique match and that is Metallico versus virus again from may thirty first may thirty first was that day in wrestling from u s and Mexico um, that was at Jusio final uh, these guys had a career versus career match to uh, to me virus was such a great wrestler. And he's so underrated in CMLL. Uh, if you're a fan of Lucha, you know who I'm talking about. But he's like yeah, he's like the Cesaro of CMLL if you're a WWE fan. Like somebody who's awesome but never gets any time. Or probably even worse than that. He's probably like Ronnie Mendoza or someone like that on 205 Live that never gets any shine. Or Isaiah Swerve Scott or something like that. But this guy could do everything. One of the best technical wrestlers uh, in the world to me. Metallico... Has never been any good, to be honest with you. But gave the performance of his life in this match, and I thought it was special because it was unexpected. The Arena Mexico crowd was all in on this, and that's something that you don't get in a lot of other companies that Lucha does have over the others. Is that the crowd is at another level in Arena Mexico matches? So, uh, really a memorable match, and I thought the best Lucha Libre match in 2019. Number five, number five on my list. We're getting to the top five now. And this is, again, we're going back to Japan. I think all of my top five is actually in Japan. So uh, shout-outs to the American and the Mexican matches that made my list. But number five to me, Takuya Nomura and Yuji Okabayashi. Big Japan, uh, Osaka Surprise, July 21st. Nomura is somebody that's real on the radar of the... You know, if you're outside of the New Japan bubble in Japanese wrestling... Uh, Nomura is somebody that you know is going to be the future of Japanese wrestling on that level. And maybe Big Japan, they're booking so whack that, that he may not be. He may have to leave before he ever gets to fulfill his potential. But the this guy, he's got everything you want in a wrestler, both as a singles and a tag team. And Okabayashi, if you know him, this guy is unbelievable. He's another, like, power—again, another Ishii-esque wrestler, but bigger and faster and more explosive, I would say. And despite the attendance, because this wasn't the most successful show because they had a—the storyline leading to this was Okabayashi beaten over on, like, five times in a row um, on uh, some tag matches building up. But they—this match had the passion and the fire that you needed to get it from—take it from a great, strong style, you know, Big Japan style of match— to a match of the year candidate level. Uh, just had the hard hitting, the big bombs. Nomura, he was desperate to take, the, to take the torch. It wasn't a passing of the torch. He wanted to take it from one of the best wrestlers in the world. And Okabayashi, he showed his talent as a multifaceted performer here to me. He was the dominant wrestler, which is what his size called for. He's a lot bigger than Nomura. But also his selling. Was a really compelling. He made Nomura look like a star. One of the best all-around matches of 2019. I think it's going to go under the radar because it was in Big Japan and it just wasn't. I just, I just really, we really don't know what's going to happen with Nomura because of the booking. I feel like. But that was my number five. Number four, Nanae Takahashi and Takumi Iroha from May 25th, Seedling. Seedling, they're low key. They had some of the best wrestling of the year this year. And, you know, this is one of the best examples. Again, I talked about it last time with uh, Nomura trying to grab the torch and take it from the ace of the company. In this case, this was one of the great passing of the torch moments in wrestling. Uh, You know, Takahashi, she's criticized a lot if you follow Joshi, if you're really in depth to that. Because let's face it, she runs the company you know she's like the triple h of seedling right now uh, except like a way better wrestler <laughs> actually um because i think her criticism that she takes is a lot of times unfair but and she this was another example of it because she used her strong booking of her title reign for the greater good because she put over not only a younger star but an outsider uh, i thought this match itself if you look at the wrestling was a mix of both 90s all Japan and New Japan style of the 90s, just with lighter weight performers here, uh, obviously women, but they had some stiff strikes that they used, big kicks from Iroha, and some big bombs too, you know, big, big time head dropping moments, uh, pretty much. Uh, the finishing stretch was really amazing, and I thought uh, Iroha, especially, she showed why she deserves to be at the top of the list. She went a little underrated for a long time. She's a former stardom prospect. Uh, she left the company, and she's really just now getting to that point where she's going to that top of the Joshi scene, similar to how we saw Sari uh, last year. I think Iroha is just, every bit as good and could be even more, and I thought these two had a tremendous match with a fantastic blending of styles. That was my number four. Number three was From a Really Surprising Place. If you know me, you know I'm not into comedy wrestling. Me and James talked about that last time uh when i was on the stardom urine show but number three came to me from ddt pro wrestling Uh, don't tune me out right now because this was a completely serious match uh konosuke takeshita versus harashima a big time title match right here in ddt because they have a lot of faults if you're not a fan of the comedy some people love it it's not for everybody but in the match like this they showed they could deliver big when it's to the right people in the right situation a situation because Takeshita is really the antithesis of what DDT is about to a lot of fans uh, because this was a straight up serious match. Uh, Hiroshima to compare this, maybe if you're not a big fan of DDT, this would kind of be like, uh, you know, an Okada and Tanahashi match from years ago where the young ace has been on top for a long time and now the old guy is coming back for one more run at the top for the title. And they had a tremendous match. The crowd was going completely crazy with it. Uh, I would really try to give this match an open mind because, like I said, I know that DDT is not necessarily for everybody. But I thought these two just had a fantastic performance. I uh, told a classic tried to true story. This wasn't like they reinvented the wheel or did anything crazy. It was all straight-up wrestling and... You know, Takeshita is just an unbelievable talent. Uh, I always wish that he would go somewhere else because, like I said, I'm not a big fan of DDT personally uh, in terms of the comedy. But I think these guys really got it done. I highly recommend that match, and I think it might give you a new appreciation for them. That was my number three. Number two is a match from New Japan. My highest rated New Japan match of the year here. And I don't think there needs to even be any discussion or introduction to this match because this was Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii from August 8th, the G1 Climax. To me, I would say this, this kind of match to me is a soul food match. Maybe it's not great, you know, maybe it's not perfect, maybe there's things wrong with it, but no matter what, this kind of match you're always going to like it. Just like if soul food, you're not always, it's not always going to be perfectly made or the kind of food you want, but you're always going to end up liking it when you eat it. And that's what I feel like in this match, because this was like, and this was the best possible version. This was like the best Memphis ribs you could find ever. This match was everything you expect and want for these two names involved. And I think something that really makes it special to me is that if you look at a lot of the big matches with Will Ospreay and Katsuka Okada, They dominate New Japan throughout the year, and they have a really epic style. This was really bare bones with Shingo and Ishii. It wasn't anything fancy. This was all about trying to beat the crap out of each other, try to win that match. And I thought that really brought it up to me, and I really appreciate it because it's such a rarity outside of guys like these in New Japan right now. It was brutal but beautiful. It was brutal. That's the only way I can describe it. I highly recommend that match but still it wasn't my number 1 because there was only one match that could be number 1 for me and if you listen to my last show i you know usually most years i don't have a favorite in terms of a single match some years i do some years i don't this was one of the years that it was really really hard for me to pick a number 1 because i honestly think i honestly like the difference between number 1 and number 10 is real small like you can go any way you want but to me i had to go with a match that captured me in terms of the drama the consequences and the in-ring performance itself and that was from november 2nd from seedling again i told you stop sleeping on seedling like they'll wake you up here it was nane takahashi versus arisa nakajima title and hair versus hair match I just thought this was the peak of the max voltage and las fresas de egoistas, which translates to the selfish strawberries you didn 't know that if you don 't speak Spanish, and you can't even, I tried looking it up on Google Translate to make sure I was right it 's not even there, so you know i 'm talking you know real Spanish right now when I say that, uh but their whole rivalry was really big on the last half or the last quarter really of the seedling year uh and it was also the culmination of years of stuff between Nakajima and Takahashi, who go back you know, well over a decade at this point. When Nakajima was still a JWP fixture, uh, Takahashi was doing her things. So we're going back into the dark ages of Joshi right now with these two's feuds. But in the end, it saw the two main people and their respective groups square off with both the company's top title and each woman's hair on the line. I think the only thing that you could really say about this match, which kind of had me thinking about taking it away, was that the crowd wasn't with it the way it was for some of these other matches. So if you're somebody that's huge into big crowd reactions, I think that could take it away from you. But if you look at the match itself and the wrestling, these these women had everything in their match. There was hard-hitting action. There was drama the finishing stretch because there was a part where and this is my point of the match I want to point out here they basically built there was a lot of great pacing throughout the match at high energy but then there was a point where they had a standoff and it felt like that was the moment where things were about to kick and you know kick into that top gear and things got real from then on and I think this was the one that appealed to me the most because I loved what we saw Takahashi losing her hair was like a really cr- uh, crazy moment to me and then also, you have the, like, you know, back behind the scenes backstory of everything and her writing, almost writing off into the sunset for a while because she's going to be out for the first part of 2020. Uh, we don't really know it, when or if she's coming back. But she ended it on a hell of a note here. Her and Nakajima, unbelievable talents, two of the best wrestlers in Joshi or, you know, anybody, you know, like men or women, I think these two have shut it down here and i thought this was definitely a worthy addition to the match of the year collection of years and years past so hopefully y'all enjoyed my my list and james hopefully you enjoyed it too but uh that's all i gotta say that's my top 10 right now for the year and hopefully y'all like the show
7: Hello, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and these are my top 10 matches for the year, but first a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks from the Royal Rumble. Uh, an amazing back and forth match that Sasha Banks made Von Rousey look like a star that night, so I'll give an honourable mention to that one. And Shingo Takagi versus Tetsuya Naito. lj uh, the LJ daddy does the job for the LJ big man! <laughs> amazing match. <laughs> really, really, uh, yeah, recommend everybody. There's a million G one matches to recommend, which makes these te- top ten so difficult. <laughs> but I've limited myself down <laughs> to try and get different promotions. So, uh, first at number ten, uh, let's completely fail and do a versus Sonada from the New Japan Cup, the final. If I am right, was from the, it was in that tournament. Uh, it, this was Sonada's arrival, and ever since it's kind of like elevate this man. <laughs> he is ready. He's so ready for this, and he's. He's arguably fact, the year got better and better and better, but this was his coming out party. Uh, absolutely uh, tons of New Japan matches to watch throughout the year. Like, if you do like a best match of the month kind of thing to follow it all, 100% watch this one for before the MSG shows. This was like a peak moment for Senada, Like, finally arrived. Uh, number nine, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks inside Hell in a Cell. I think uh, on their, the boys' show, I talked about how this match built so damn well to the actual match itself and it was a perfect combination it was so damn creative and the fact it was so damn creative and not much went wrong like that is like even better peak <laughs> so these two have had like one of the best hansel matches in such a long time and they didn't do any stupid spots <laughs> so <laughs> next up uh juice robinson versus john moxley can't remember the event but it's the one where they had the awesome brawl so that one it was like a no qualification kind of thing. Uh, John Boxley's first match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He just brought a special aura with him, as well as Shota Umino, who became like his protege of sorts as his young lion. Uh, this was a amazing uh, brawl of sorts. Uh, it was one of those where they did the hype video building beforehand throughout the Best of the Super Juniors, and it just I just assumed it was going to be another British lad or somebody like that. Next thing I know, the Death Rider is Dean Flippin' Ambrose. <laughs> it's John Moxley. <laughs> He's turning to New Japan to wreck havoc. And the, he just well, as soon as he enters the arena, it's just such a different aura. And in the build as well, Juice Robinson was acting serious. Like, I know who this is, but I'm still like, it's just another British lad. <laughs> I don't, it's fine. It'll be, be Chris Brooks or someone. <laughs> I'm perfectly <definitely> fine. <laughs> uh, but no, then it's John Moxley. And he and Juice in the entrances are so serious. This was the match where Juice Robinson took off his... Oh, I can't be. I think he was dressed as Macho Man at the time with the really weird sleeper hat. <laughs> so he to think um think Mr T in WTW. <laughs> that is is that hat. It's, it's Mr I want to say it was Mr T, where he wore the uh the stripy pajamas. had <laughs> the sleeper hat. Oh, it's a funny image. But yeah, so uh, Juice took that off and he had his hair cut. was like, oh damn, this is serious <laughs> and uh, the match is built from there. So in it's such a brawl of a match as well. Like, John Moxley got his character over so, like, immediately with this brawl. And Juice Robinson stepped up to match him as well. Like, two stars immediately made on one night. Just such an incredible match. Uh, I'm going to have to move on. I was just ages on this list. Uh, number seven, the G1 Climax Final. I told you I'd fail. <laughs> the G1 Climax Final, uh, Jay White versus Koto Ibushi. Uh, another one where... The story within it was done so damn well was with Kota Ibushi in the final last year and not able to step up. This year he had to do it against more mischievous odds, <laughs> let's say, and he was able to step up over everything. So, and the story they told was fantastic, and Kota Ibushi having to get through Ricardo in the first place to even be here, like an incredible run. The blue slash purple ankle from like two matches into the tournament. Uh, Played that off well with Jay White as well, who, as the heel, zones in on it. (laughs) He goes crazy on that ankle. And uh, this built from there, so damn well. And Ibushi had to step up, and he did. So, yeah, another amazing G1 Climax final. They're always on the top ten, like, every single year. Uh, Number six, the Elimination Chamber WWE Championship match. A roller coaster of a match. Uh, WWE's greatest accident, (laughs) when it wasn't even meant to happen, and then Mustafa Ali gets injured, in comes Kofi Kingston, and they have a, just a dream story on their hands that plays out, and they play out every single beat perfectly. In this match, like the biggest, fourth way he kicks out of the knee as well, the crowd go, holy crap, is this actually going to end differently? And every single person in that arena is chanting for Kofi, he's on their feet for that man, and he goes for a splash off the top, and it misses, and you just hear heartbreak, and it's such a unique moment. Uh, afterwards as well with kofi kingston sitting on the steps with his new day brothers and they're just like you you did so damn well man and just patting him on the back and you just feel so sorry for him in that moment that like he came that close to realizing the dream and just fell short it was like the perfect chapter in that story for the next step before wrestlemania and it does look wwe to see the crowd so strongly behind a wrestler is kind of rare to that degree So, like, all the kudos in the world to them for absolutely naming that. Number five, women's war games in NXT. The best war games match NXT have done in my books. It's my favourite by far. Uh, the turn with the Kota Kai turning on Tegan Knox and beating the crap out of her to then get lovely hair. She had crap hair as a face. <laughs> now she gets the over-the-top do. <laughs> She's a bad guy. <laughs> it's a weird WWE rule, or just wrestling rule. You can't have nice hair if you have a baby face. <laughs> but yeah, so she got that. It's like the reverse of the men's. The men's get a haircut. It's like, oh, damn, it's a heel haircut. <laughs> it's not the same with the women. So with the... So those guys turned, suddenly the match just jumped up in momentum and it never died down. Uh, even when the heels were on top, it was building that 4-on-2 uh, disadvantage for the good guys of which they overcame by being absolute badasses. Uh, the I guess the bad guys taking too many risks and they paid the price for it and Ray Ripley and Kenneth Ray were able to just fight their way back and feel like two incredible uh, I guess wrestlers just to make it to at that point, and of course with Ray Ripley pinning the champion Shayna Baszler as well, setting that up further down the road. They made a start that night in uh, in Ray Ripley. Incred- and of course an incredible match from start to finish as well with such amazing highs. Uh, and moonsaults off the top of the cage which automatically sends it up my lists. Uh, number four, speaking of jumping off stuff, it's time for Air Ishii John Boxley versus Tommy Ishii, <laughs> which pumps the air. <laughs> got this. Oh, I absolutely love this match. Kieran Hall uh, was um, amazing for this night overall. Uh, even with uh, John Boxley boarding into the crowd with Ishii and bashing his head off the East sign, <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> I really like that. And it's just, it just built on built on built. And they had a chair duel as well, as in both these men are going crazy. <laughs> they do not care for their well-being at all. And it just—it's it, like, what is going to happen next? And as I talked about earlier, A E G E, like Iwo hishi taking to the top rope to dive to the outside and destroy John Moxley. It was—it uh, is it elevated to points I didn't think I'd ever see. And A E G E being the thing I remember the most. <laughs> it was such a such a fantastic match to watch. And at the time, there was a question of is John Moxley fitting in in New Japan? Is he going to have that match which cements him? as, like, a top New Japan guy, this was it. He arrived with this match. Uh, Easily a top five. Uh, Number three, uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano from TakeOver New York. I described this on the One Nation Radio show as, like, a religious experience for me. Where I was out cold, I was ill. It was like I was drunk, and then I was given the smelling salts (laughs) to wake up. It was... In, incredible, It's a unique experience for me because I wasn't very well but this match just woke me up like it was midday or something, I was so awake for it, the crowd were seemingly on their feet for like 15-20 minutes which couldn't have been true but to ill me it was I don't want to go back and watch it because it was such a unique experience that I rate it as one of my favourite moments of being a wrestling fan, being that ill and then coming back to experience, and coming back awake and alive <laughs> to experience such a high uh, yes, such, uh, for me, this was an amazing match. And the fact that it's topping so many, I guess, best of the year lists, it probably means that it wasn't just me in, on my ill self. A load of people really agreed with me. <laughs> so that's all awesome to say. Uh, but yeah, one of my favourite matches of the year. Uh, number two, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi, best of the Super Juniors final. The, uh, I was so close to putting this number one. Number one and two were so back and forth. Because this was by far my favourite New Japan match of the year. I was I was behind Will Ospreay. Obviously, being British, I have to support my fellow <laughs> Brit. But you'll notice that on prediction stuff as well. That I'm like, no, I'm with Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> he needs his comeback. So I'm like, Boris Johnson <laughs> needs to get his comeback. But, uh, so I was behind the Brit with Ospreay. But Shingo Takagi was undefeated at that point, And I was like, Shingo's winning. This is his moment. They're putting him over here. But they didn't. And they actually used the undefeated guy to put over the champion. And Will Ospreay feels like such a big deal now. And this match is such a good job of, of the painter Shingo Takagi as that undefeatable beast. But Will Ospreay is just of another level. And he he was he, it really it turned out that Will Ospreay was the guy who was, like throughout this tournament, like almost like four to five star matches every single night. It's insane. He got like a five star match out of Rocky Romero. <laughs> he was insane across this tournament, and this was like a peak of just such a perfect match. Both guys came out of it feeling like superstars, and it didn't even feel out of the question for the juniors to maybe main event the uh, Tokyo Dome, given the hype around this match. And Will Ospreay did his best <laughs> in the interviews, but that obviously something else has happened. But this was. By far, my favourite New Japan match. And if you know anything about me, I'm a major New Japan nerd and fan. And so to reach that point, you have to be something special. For me, this match was absolutely special. So many like draw dropping moments, <laughs> which just shots me and just swung on. It swung back and forth. And the entire time, I'm just waiting for Shingo to do that move, to do something which takes him out, be it Made in Japan, be it the Shingo Lariat, <laughs> whatever it is. But Will Ospreay kept kicking out. <laughs> like, what do you do? And uh, then Will Ospreay was he killed the man, <laughs> essentially, to win it in the end. Uh, such an amazing performance. Uh, yeah. So, and then, of course, number one, the one was going back and forth constantly between this and the last match, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Really what decided it was talking about it on the show with uh, <laughs> Richard James. It's just, for me, in every category of which you can kind of assess a match to like story and... I guess the skill of which they were trying to do and uh, the wrestling itself, the uh, momentum for it. It was it fives across the board or tens. How <laughs> are you doing it? This was such a good match. It, for me, this was perfect. This is what wrestling can and should be. It's really not that difficult. This is the perfect template of what to do in terms of build, in terms of execution, hitting all of the right notes at the right point. This was that match. I, I went on the roller coaster as well. I was, I was so into, so behind Kofi Kingston that every time they spawned Daniel Bryan, I was like, oh God, not again. <laughs> the kind of thing. But they didn't do it. They teased me with that instead of that actually being the finish. And it, it built to Kofi winning so damn well. Uh, all of the stars in the world for this one. It's, for me, this was wrestling perfection. This is what WWE can do when they're not doing whatever weird stuff they're doing (laughs) this is what this is what they can do every single year or at least for every single like major pay-per-view they can do this they just don't for some reason and this was the shining example of what WWE can do in the modern day like WWE be fantastic isn't a thing that can't happen anymore this was that example so yeah, Denny by Kofi Kingston easily my match of the year
1: All right, number ten, we had Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada from the G one Climax day seven. Um it just Osprey had an amazing year, an epic year, uh one of those things where he's clearly was better than everybody else this one year. So this match, you know, proved that even more. And Okada's Okada, you know, he's just he's one of those people that could be the MVP every year. If you really wanted him to be Uh number nine, Kota Ibushi versus Jay white G one climax finals. I was rooting for Jay white all the way, uh, but uh, Kota Ibushi, uh pulled it out. No, but, but seriously, uh, you want to talk about a baby feast hill dynamic. This was classic. And, you know, even the crowd was just like, they, it, as much as they wanted Ibushi to win, they wanted Jay White to lose and definitely uh got into that. Uh number eight, uh Big Tom Ishii, Tomah Ishii versus John Moxley. Uh G1 climax, I believe, it was day six. They just beat the shit out of each other, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was just one of those primal type of matches that I enjoy. Uh number seven, uh they tried to kill each other. Uh Kodo Bushi. Versus Naito, uh, uh, versus Naito, uh, G1 supercard. I was just thought, yeah, they were going to try to, this was, uh, one of the starts of their drop each other on the head type of matches. Uh, number six, uh, WWE Elimination Chamber 19. Uh, you know, I was in the building and good Lord, they wanted, Co- uh, they wanted Kofi to win that match. So, so bad. Everybody was on the edge of their seats, if not standing. It was just one of those emotional moments. I thought we were going to get Kofi winning the title then. Uh, number five, which I talked uh on a previous episode, uh, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks All Out. I thought people were going to die in that match. That match was so exciting. Uh, again, I will... If it wasn't so universally loved, I would say that me being in the first row made the difference, but that match was just killer. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston in WrestleMania 35. I, uh, I said this on one of the other shows I do for the culture. I mean, it was just like what it meant to, uh, a lot of people being an African American person, uh, having someone become the actual WWE champion. Uh, it was just an emotional moment for everybody there. It's like, you know, you've seen some people that just didn't get it, but yeah, it was a big moment. Uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. It actually happened the night before WrestleMania at TakeOver New York. Uh, believe that was best two out of three. I don't remember, honestly. I remember the match and I remember the finish. But when you came in there, it was again. The crowd wanted Adam Cole to win. Adam Cole was so over that night. And uh Johnny Gargano won. And he ended up getting the pop because it did tell that perfect story of him finally uh reaching the top of the mountain. Number two, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Will Ospreay versus Shingo, best of the Super Juniors finals. That match, like... It is, uh, as my friend Rich uses every now and then was a religious experience. <laughs> it, it was one of those matches that it was just so hard hit. I had no idea who's going to win until like the last 30 seconds. It was like, that's how you build a, that's how you build a streak and end it was that match. Will Ospreay had to go to absolute another level to finally put the uh, shoulders down to Shingo. Uh, him taking his first pinfall, it was amazing. And then number one, Cardi- Cody versus Dustin, Double or Nothing. I I make it clear that this is my favorite match ever. It's gonna take something miraculous to uh uh to um top it. Uh, before this, it was you know Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart WrestleMania twelve, maybe the Omega Okada at uh Dominion. Uh but as far as emotions, I was completely emotionally tied to this match. It was one of those things because I love Dustin and Cody so much. I really didn't know who I wanted to win. And just the thrown in uh thrown stop to the hugs and them tagging up together and you know, their uh it, even Dustin coming out with a shirt that said Dustin's favorite on it. Oh my god, everything about that story was perfect for me that was pro wrestling so that is my top 10 list